look to the show. I'm Spencer Scott Holmes, and I got super special guest today, Griffin Sims, comic book writer. How you doing, dude? Doing all right, man. Thanks for having me on. I know. It's been uh, it's one of those ones we've talked about this for a good while because we would just always run across each other at the Comic-Cons, whether they be in Sacramento, Modesto, Central Valley areas, and all that fun stuff. Yeah, I mean, like, if, I mean, I almost wish that we had some of those conversations to already upload. I think we had a good one about, like, Clerks 3 or something. Yeah, I know. That's the thing is you go there and you like, you know, you're talking for a half an hour or something like that. And you get to that point sometimes, too, that um, there's so many of those things where like you're talking for so long. You're like, oh, man, you know, the conversation is just like, man, that was just recorded. Or the the funny thing is I would think about is uh, when I originally started doing uh, Old Man Orange podcast my original show is me and my buddy Dunnigan. We'd be like driving home from like a movie. And instead of doing that thing, we're like, you know, you'd be talking in the car or something like that. We'd be like, no, no, no. We'd just be like, save it for the show. So we just drive home in silent. (laughs) Just because you felt like you were going to waste any gold by talking. And then I came to the conclusion that, you know, you can literally talk about something and then kind of talk again. I mean, it might not be exactly the same, but it's almost like rehearsal. That's the way I sort of look at it. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, you'll even, you'll probably have a better, you know, way of expressing the thing that you were trying to talk about if you, you know, get to talk about it again. Yeah, no, that's the thing is you start like kind of, I've actually done that before where I will use material and I'll talk about it with other people before a podcast to see if I can kind of build some more stuff onto it. And then when it's like, okay, now that I sort of talked to it, like, like, I'll just say like a movie review, you talk it out with a handful of people and then you kind of can work it up to uh, once you get ready to talk about it. And, you know, you think about all the scenes and stuff when you go onto the show. But even uh, speaking of recording, just for anybody out there, we're also doing this old school podcast style on this episode. We're going full audio, you know, no video, the way that God intended podcasting to be, you know, I mean, back in the good old listening days. But um, it does make it kind of nice to do it like this because you get it super smooth. And since we got this ridiculous weather going on right now, like I don't know about you because you're in Sacramento area. Uh, Just moved over to Roseville, but it's even even one more half hour away. Uh, I was thinking of doing the drive up, but I didn't plan on uh, dying in a fiery death tonight. Not tonight. Yeah, as I said, it, it's like today, I was like, you know what? We Another time, that would be super fun because, uh, you, you know, you could come on up. You could, you could see the old mountain experience podcasting and all that kind of stuff. But today was like, no, I mean, just the previous last two weeks was like snow galore. Then it's been just downpouring rain. And then, like, before we were podcasting, they're like, tornado warning in effect. And so a tornado <laughs> even came down, like, a half an hour away. So, uh, yeah, tornadoes, extreme rain, thunder and lightning galore. You know, it's like summoning the gods. Yeah, I, uh, that is that is cool to say with your, um, like, I get to see the mountain vibe because that's, like, where Pizza Boys takes place. I probably, we get to drive by the, um, one of the, I think I was, I was just skimming the comic over again before the, before the recording, and I saw your, um, like that's definitely that house on the first issue is definitely based on a place that you're from, right? Yeah, yeah, especially in the first. One, I literally, just, I literally, when I did, I just walked outside and took a picture. <laughs> mm-hmm. I had a feeling. <laughs> uh, so I'll take a picture and I'll uh, draw from that, and that's what I'll use as my reference there. So uh, what uh, what inspires you from uh, from your writing? Because as a writer myself, I uh, I typically 
go off of like my own experiences and kind of either just write fantasy scenarios or actual fantasy scenarios where, you know, it's things that happened around me and then I kind of exaggerate them and make them sort of fantastical, you know, in their own way. Well, that, that's sort of the way I kind of do stuff. Like the the saying that I used to always go with was that, um, you know, I take a real life situation, then I turn it to 11, you know, and kind of run with it right. from there. You know, and then there's sometimes some ones where I remember I'd be telling people about Pizza Boys and be like, oh, yeah, most of these are all based off real situations. And someone would look at me and be like, well, what about the one where the two 11-year-old girls, like, kidnap you guys? It's like, okay, well, that would start off as just, a, you know, a, a funny conversation where there was a girl literally threatening us at sword point, like, at the toy aisle and uh, asking all <laughs> kinds of, like, you know, very, like, bizarre. You know, the, like, that intellectual, like, 11-year-old character, you know, where she's almost like he or she knows way too much for her age in a sense. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah like scary ass kids bro yeah those, those ones were like yeah it's like they're they're looking at you like you're the idiot you know and uh i just thought we're like man that's just kind of funny it's just picture these girls that like just with like too much like you know power on their hands and like what they would do to like take you or in a sense kidnap people and i thought that would just be kind of funny you know but then give it sort of a horror vibe but but that's what i always kind of like to do is most of the stuff even things that are kind of like fantastical even even all pizza boys is generally a little bit more grounded, but um, even like those kind of mm-hmm. ideas, I do feel like, yeah, you take something kind of, something kind of real, you, and then you add in some flavors and twists and so on to it, you know, and then just, it just run with it. Cause sometimes that's the interesting thing is see, see where you'll go with it. Cause you don't really sometimes always know where a story's going until you just kind of keep thinking about it more and more. And then it just starts piecing itself. And then sometimes mm-hmm. you might get too exaggerated or too far out, but that's never a bad thing. I mean, even from like, rereading i like the uh the slice of life aspect like um this and it is really like a slice of time because uh you like let's say if you wanted to make something like this now and you're going off of your own experiences like you know how boring as shit a comic book about dudes who play games online would be like (laughs) you don't get to interact like even like the reason i was trying to push to get to you as much as i was was because it's like a conversation is so much more different when it's two people in a room. Like I can't tell when you're about to talk. So I don't know when I got to, you know, shut the fuck up a little second, you know, or like, uh, like if I feel like through digital, it's just, you don't uh, get the same experience as like, like if we were playing games next to each other, then we were playing games online. Like, uh, like playing smash with your buddies. Like if someone kills you off the side of the screen on a walk off, you could punch them in the fucking arm. But <laughs> if you are playing and you're online, I was playing online with one of my boys back in the day. And he put, yeah, like, I didn't even know that, like, it was on 3DS. And it was, um, he put, like, I don't know, a perk on that made it to where, like, I swear to God, it's like, if he hits you, it heals him. And I'm like, that is the most bullshit. Like, I'm barely chipping at your, like, health that's how my character works and it's just it's healing i'm like i think i, I was i was leaning into the fucking microphone I'm like better than turn that shit off right now i know where you live i'll be there soon <laughs> like i just like and, and it, like if it was me and him on the couch i would have said like hey what is that what are you doing like don't don't be doing that this is a like it's smash bros 
is where fights start. It does not settle it in Smash. It is no, no, quite the opposite. You know, and I a hundred percent agree with you. And even podcasting wise, like yes, podcasting in person is so much better. It's like I feel I'm grateful that we have the technology we have that we can do mm-hmm. it this way and we can do it over the internet and we're doing it like almost like even old, more old school. We're doing it like phone call style practically. Cause we're just doing straight up audio, but right, right. there's something it's like one of those ones, like that's great to have as a bonus, but it does not beat like the in-person one. It's like every single time I do an in-person podcast, especially like now, cause they're kind of a little bit rare, but like, the flow is just there's so much more energy and chemistry and it's the same way i feel about video games too it's like i think that's why i always sort of fell off the the wagon of like playing online games it's weird it's like i I always used to make the joke i'm like i think i played more online games in like the dial-up days than i do now but right yeah, cool because yeah, that's it was like you you would call up your buddy and be like dude you you want to play some command and conquer right now and be like yeah man and like oh Okay, I'll see you on there in 15 minutes. We got to hang up, though, because, you know, that's the only way we're going to get online and hope that everything works out. And you would go through this whole process, and then lo and behold, you hope you'd find, you know, your buddy on there. And then you would start Mm -hmm. booting up some Command & Conquer. But, you know, you didn't really have a proper way to talk to anybody. Once you're on there, it's like you got the chat window. But if he, like, somehow, some way lost his Internet connection or you, vice versa, like, (laughs) there was that, that weird moment where you're like, I wonder what happened on the other side. I don't know. Right, like someone you you either <laughs> mom picked up the phone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, God. And, and that was it. But it's even like with other things too. It's like video games in person is something I miss so much. You know, and it's like the one like whether it be a competitive game or it be like a cooperative game. Like there was something so special. Oh, you got you got the dog alarm going now. Oh, God damn it. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. Everybody likes a good dog barking in the background, except for your neighbors. <laughs> yeah, apparently so. Is <laughs> yeah. the hound sound? Yeah, the hound coming on at you with the old hound sound on WKRS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but um, but yeah, like gaming, gaming with like people, you know, like like the one era I think was actually a very magical time of uh kind of like buddy gaming was the xbox 360 era because you had so yes. many great split screen games like you could play through all the halos gears of war there was uh mm-hmm. left for dead you know you had uh, army of two like call, even call of duty back then when it used to still be you know at least partially co-op and right it's like, one of those um, ones like when you're sitting with your buddy and you were like there in the same, like, I don't know, like that experience is just not replicated online. Online's like, it's, it's a nice substitute. And sometimes I used to always describe it as the way it's like, I don't know if you ever seen American pie Two, where, um, um, yeah, Eugene, so. Eugene Levy's like, you know, uh, telling his son about like, you know, he's like sex. He's like, and you want a partner, right? You know, it was like, you know, you want someone that could throw the ball back and forth because you know you know if not you're just bouncing the ball off the wall and it's just it's fun but it's not a game and that's like what the saying i always feel about like online gaming it's like it's fun but it's it's just not the same thing it's not that same gaming experience that i think of yeah and that's i mean xbox it's funny that you mentioned that i think the online hud aspect every other system afterward had it, it, it's, I just can't, I can't, uh, even the PlayStation 3, I wasn't able to figure out how I would talk to people, but like 360 was just rectangle in the middle of the screen. You know, you enter a chat room and it was like, uh, I think I, I was just on one of my, um, just booted up the other day just to look at it. And it was like, 
you know, um, one of my fucking old friends, like Ecto Robotic online three years ago. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> That's, it hits different when it's like your own friends. People talk about it online, but it's like, like damn, yeah, nobody, like the boys haven't even talked in that long, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's like like missing. It's like almost like a bunch of old war buddies. <laughs> right. <laughs> Getting back together again. Like and everybody's even... got their own code names and everything, you know, from your handles. Yeah. <laughs> Private Riggs died back then. His mom smashed his Xbox. It was a sad day. He never recovered from that. He's been walking empty-handed ever since then, staring out into the distance, wondering what life's even about anymore. What's the point? Where to go? Now he plays with a Mad Cat's controller. Everyone says he's a fucking dork about it. Sadly enough, three months later, he was found. He hung himself with that Mad Cat's controller. <laughs> so those- he tried to, but it... <laughs> But the cheap cord just broke. Yeah, the cheap ass fucking things. Uh. I kid you not, though. I, I I'm kind of partial in a weird way to certain like third party uh, controllers. Like some of them are like so weird and goofy that I almost like them because of that. Yeah, I remember uh, when I was a kid, I had a uh, PlayStation Two controller that I thought was the official one because it like. You know, it had better grip on the thumbsticks and on it had like actual rubber grip on the side. Come mm-hmm. to find out that it's like I don't know, the other the PlayStation three controller was fine and then like looking at the PlayStation two, you're just like, ah, it just it feels fucking weird, you know? Yeah. No, there there is kind of a weird one, but I don't know what it is. I'm, I'm like partial to it, and like even nowadays, I get to the point where I, like I buy weird controllers because I just like to have just I don't know a different experience. Maybe I'm not too sure, but. There's something kind of fun about having stuff like that or, you know, just having like the alternative controllers. Like, of course, I always got to have like a fight pad or something for like the system. So or like mm-hmm. ones that have like a good D-pad action if you're going to play some 2D games. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be trying to play, you know, 2D games on uh, 360. Oh, <laughs> their, the three, uh... I was the only thing about the 360. It had like the worst D-pad <laughs> known to oh. mankind. <laughs> I don't know how yeah. they could. They, they got that one so kind of funky. Yeah, I was a big fan of the um like if anything, I think the, the the Xbox One controller, best controller they've made. Even like the next one, they they're just trying too hard. Like the Xbox One just it fits in the hands, it's got like decent trigger, it's like the deep it's their first D pad because Nintendo lost their license on that. Oh, I guess that maybe that's the reason why the D pad was always so weird on an Xbox. Yeah, that's why the they were on the um on the PlayStation. Technically, they didn't have a D pad. They had like you know that's Buttons. why it looked the way it did. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, place yeah, it. Well, but Sega has a D pad. The Dreamcast has a straight up D pad. But like, if you look at it though, it looks like the the Xbox D pad. Like it's got the same sort of um like one block, and then it just wobbles. Oh, like a, like a rotational circle, sort of like a Sega Saturn and Sega Genesis style. Right, so it's like it's it's like technically like that's why they did on the PlayStation. It's like it's a D pad, but it's got these you know it's got a cover, so you know legally. Yeah, well, play, in PlayStation, quite. it's literally buttons. Like that's what like what it is. It's like the mm-hmm. what the Switch is now, like now, but like the PlayStation has been doing that the whole time. Right, right, right. You know, so it's yeah. There's something to be said about having a good D pad. So I'll, I'll actually say the Xbox Series X has a pretty good. I thought that D pad finally came together on there because it's got almost like a a little bit of a mix match kind of Sega Saturnish style one. Maybe not that far, but 
Right. I mean, uh, I think I've held one a couple times. I just, uh, I think my, I'm probably just biased because uh, the Xbox One was a, you know, a certain time in life, you know? Yeah, well, the, the, those systems, like those certain times in life, like those ones will, they'll win you over different than other stuff. And it's almost like you can't explain it to anyone except for like you had to be there. Like try playing Banjo-Kazooie with anything but that goofy ass, like three hand controller. Like, yeah, you I know what? That, thing. that N6, that, you know what? And I'll say this, the N64 controller, all of a sudden in like the last like year or two, I noticed for some reason there's just been this hate towards N64. I don't know where it came from. I don't know how because I never saw that my entire life until just kind of recently. But that N64 controller, I think, is way more like intelligent than most people always give it to. I mean, you got right. your standard mode of playing it, like Mario 64, where you kind of just hold in the dead center of your left hand and your right hand's over there doing the buttons. But it was also made to be a left-handed controller. So like when you're playing games like Turok, everybody's playing it actually in the left-handed style, but you're supposed to switch your hands over and then it's a right-handed controller. So you got both sides there. Then you got Mm -hmm. the D-pad with a six-button layout. Like it was literally made to have like Street Fighter on there, though Street Fighter never came, but it was designed to be almost like a fighting controller too. And then there's also another mode too where you hold like, two controls in your hand like the richest kid in town and you could play games like goldeneye and stuff like twin stick style like it's halo but way before that era and once again that was another thing that nobody ever like seemed to know you know existed or whatnot that was an option that's an option like literally on like the original goldeneye perfect dark and a few other ones they have a mode if you go through the controllers where you could hold two controllers as i said you just look like the rich kid playing now you got like 120 dollars in your hand Right, you know, I mean, <laughs> or, you know, I guess controllers weren't that expensive back then, but even still, you know, you got both these controllers in your hand, like almost like your buddies of your house. Can I play? No, I'm using both of them. <laughs> well, again, um, I think the only way that that controller doesn't hold up is the the stick. Like that thing, just like uh, I bought it actually recently. Um, I they got these repo controllers that uh, have a stick on it. That's like the GameCube controller. So it like works instead of is, being this, like, like, you know, the squeak. Is <laughs> the, that the, the sound. yeah, I, I know the squeak when you're talking about, are those the controllers called the, um, like the, what the heck are they called? Like fight pat? No, they have a, a funny, I, I've looked at them for like ever, like on Amazon. I'm always like, ah, I wouldn't mind trying one of them. But at the same time, I'm kind of iffy because I am very partial to the N64 controller. I mean, they're good. It's honestly, uh, I think I, it's like the one third party controller you'd fight over, like amongst your friends. Like, uh, it's because it functions. Like the the stick works instead of uh, <laughs> the, the squeak. Well, they also too those a lot of those N sixty four controllers, like the older ones, like they're, they've gotten really worn out as time has gone on. Like, um, the, the one of the interesting ones is on the Switch um, with their kind of classic game section is they sell, you know, of course, NES controllers, Super yeah. Nintendo controllers, and they had the N64 one, which is, like, really tough to get. But I got one of those when they first came out, oh, and sure. I think it's literally been out of print ever since. But, like, I remember when you first get in your hands, you're like, holy crap, it's it's literally a brand – it's like the feeling of brand new N64 controller that, like, you haven't felt in, like, years, you know, or like even the same thing with like the NES controller when they had those ones. It was like I'm like I don't think I've ever felt the NES controller literally brand new out of the box. I think they were always used in my hands. Yeah, those are. I, I thought it was dope that they had the um like it snapped to the side of the system. Yeah, like, the charge. Uh, like I think didn't they didn't do that for the Super Nintendo? Did they? 
No, it's just the NES one snaps there. And the Super Nintendo, the Super Nintendo one's the only one I don't have. But there's this company called 8-Bit Doe that's like a third-party controller seller, but they make amazing controllers. And I literally have like probably 10 controllers from them. But they made these Super Nintendo-like controllers that you could use on your Switch or PC or whatever. And it's a mm-hmm. Super Nintendo controller, but then it's got L2 and R2 on it as well both the joysticks and all the extra buttons that you're going to need for the switch or whatever. And it's so sick. It feels good. It almost feels so good that they had to like change the design as it went on, because I think it was too Nintendo and some mm-hmm. probably something happened. Cause like they sort of discontinued the original version of it. But um, even the other ones they have, they're fantastic. They also make Sega Genesis ones that are amazing. They're kind of like a hybrid between a Sega Genesis and a Sega Saturn controller. I think I've seen those the um the the Super Nintendo one you're talking about definitely like at um like local game shops and all that. Yeah, they're they're so cool. As I said, I got two. I got like literally a Super Nintendo one, a Super Famicom one. I also have two Genesis ones. A lot of times, I use one of them for uh because I use that Xbox Game Pass like streaming thing. A lot of times, like when you're on like the go and you have some time to kill. Well, mm. it's like. I use that Sega one. I hook it up to my phone. You throw it over in your car or whatever and anything like that. It's like you can pull up some fighting games or some platforming games and you're ready to go. I would want to get one of those, the, uh, or at least the, the thing where it, uh, like it extends and then it goes over the, you know, the power thing and you just play it like it's a portable switch. Yeah. Is yeah. It, uh... No, it's like, cause, um, there's a couple companies there. There's this one company that uh, makes those kind of controllers called GameSir, and I have a, like a normal controller that just looks like an Xbox controller, and it just hooks up Bluetooth to my phone. And mm. I, that's what I've literally been using. Like ever since that uh, Xbox streaming thing kind of came out, I've been doing that literally for like the last two and a half years or whatever it's been, maybe almost even three by now. And it's like that thing's like close to flawless now. Like I've li- I literally have played through entire series of games just straight up streaming it. Like, cause most people like they, they try it and then like they never come back to it. And they're just like, Oh, okay. I gave it a go. It seemed to work. That's about as much as I tried it. I'm like, dude, I, I full on play all kinds of stuff on there because it's like, Hey, you got some time to kill and you know, you're sitting in the car or something like that, or you're waiting somewhere, pull out the Xbox. Right. I mean, it's, it's just crazy. I think, uh, we're far from like that being the new form of games, but like, like once we're there, it's kind of like, why would you download a whole game or uh, like, and you know, like the systems coming out later are probably going to have uh, smaller gigs and like higher intense, um, like focus on like online capabilities just for, just for that. But, you know, I think mm-hmm. Google, they kind of, they kind of fumbled the bag. You know, they tried, but uh, yeah. they're, you can't jump the, like the most game, like the only, technically there's only two gaming giants right now. And that's Sony and Microsoft. And then Nintendo does their own thing. Like, yeah. There's only ever been able to be two as far as uh like gaming goes like. Yeah, there's just not enough space for more stuff. And I think that's the thing is like, see, that's why I think the Game Pass one works because, hey, people already got Xboxes and so on as is. It's such an easy like jump into. And even PlayStation Plus's one's been pretty sweet too. I'm just waiting for them to have the phone version so that I can have both Xbox and PlayStation just totally on the go. Right. I was looking at the play. Do you have a, we got PlayStation Plus like 
I think there's like PlayStation Plus Super Duper, and then I, I, like, I got PlayStation Plus Super Super Duper. I, I just like oh, on shit. Black Friday they had the deal, and I was like, eh, an extra fifty bucks, whatever. Just give me that. Just give me that one. It's probably gonna be games that I already own because that's the only downfall about like both Game Pass and PlayStation Plus. I look through there and go, man, this selection of games is so good. They go, too bad I bought like you know three fourths <laughs> of them on there. <laughs> yeah, I mean like they got the Uncharted collection, fucking God of War, but it's like. I've heard plenty of people bitch about it, but it's like 150 bucks a year, whatever the fuck, and you get to play like everything, and you and they're all good for the most yeah. part. It's like it's it's not like um fucking Joe's Diner or whatever the fuck, like random shovelware things. Like uh, like I I could say it's worth more than Nintendo's, where it's just like I don't know, like 20, 20 um Super Nintendo games that you never heard of, kind of. Well, yeah, well, they, the Super Nintendo selection was a very... They, they sort of fixed everything with, like, the N64 release has been pretty good, and the new Game Boy one sounds weird. They're like, oh, man, I'm so excited about that Game Boy release, but... <laughs> oh, I mean, you know, I was I was recording that. Like, I wasn't, I wasn't streaming it or nothing, but I was like, I was I'd like, okay, Game Boy Advance, we'll be talking here. What, uh, what, we, uh, what kind of Game Boy Advance games are we? And then I was like, hmm? Mm-hmm. And then the end, and I'm like, yeah, I know you weren't about to put out Mother 3. Like, I know you weren't. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. yeah but I was, I was like, I was staring at him. I was staring him down. Maybe in the future, maybe they're just teasing it by, like, or they're just messing with us. You know, they had that robot chicken sketch. They had the, uh, like, the many, like, dodgings of mentioning Mother 3. Like, bro, they could put out Mother 3 for the Switch for, like, 200 bucks a digital copy i think someone would buy it right i I feel a lot of people actually would buy i should i probably if i if i could round up some 200 dollars, i probably would buy it it's like they they all know that we've already played it so like dumping it on their streaming service or their you know their nintendo uh game boy advance online like it's it's the least they could do it's already translated just give the guy like some money and take his and then put it. I think even the the guy that translated the game offered like it for free. Like he was like, here you can use it. And they were like, no, I don't think I will. Yeah, yeah. It's like and that guy put like a lot of work into it. Like that's a very solid version. The Mother Three for Game Boy Advance. Like I mean, I've played it. It's, it's fantastic. I love that game. Yeah. Like, uh, um, and I mean, you know, it's not like the ballsiest move they could possibly do is put out a Game Boy Advance game in the year 2023. Like, just an actual, you know, no digital, just, like, mass-produce a bunch of Game Boy Advance carts and put them <laughs> out, and then go to every single, like, uh, seller who was doing repo carts and send cease and desist letters. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know what you could always do is you can always do, like, you know, Limited Run does that once in a blue moon where, like, they'll put, like, re in a sense, reproduction versions of like mm-hmm. SNES or Genesis games or something like that. So, or even they did it with Shantae. They did it with the original Shantae. They put it back on Game Boy again, you know? So I I, it's uh, not out of the like question. Right. But for crusty ass Nintendo, maybe not. Yeah, <laughs> it it's might just be so out of weird. It's like, it's just one of those ones. It's like that can't cost, let's be honest. That doesn't cost like really any money just to, put together a translation and throw it up on the Nintendo. I mean, they've done it for a few other games. Like they did mother one that came out like on the Wii U. And then I think they put it on who, uh, 
uh, Switch as well. And then they did it also with the original Fire Emblem. And I remember even like the Fire Emblem one, they're like, they're like oh, we're only going to let you have this for like six months. I remember I bought it and played the Living Daylights out of it. I'm like, this is sweet. They should do more of this, less of everything else. It's just bizarre because they have so many options, but they're holding it behind, like, they're, they're keeping it in the Disney vault because they know that it, like, has value. But then they get mad when, you know, their very dedicated fans want to, like, make art based on the game. Like, you know, they're like the, the Mother 4 thing, like, where um they said to cease and desist, even though, like, like I think even the the laws like they technically did have no right to tell them like you can't make a mother four especially because they weren't going to sell it like it was free yeah because that used to be how things were it's like hey as you can do any form of work as if you don't make any money off of it you can pretty much do anything you want but somehow some way mm-hmm. that kind of rule has been thrown out the window seems like in the last handful of years well the Nintendo ninjas are very threatening they're uh... they are. It's like, don't be wrong. I, I, I love me some Nintendo, but yeah, they, they like the like lock and seal some stuff. Yeah, like a, uh, uh, God. Mm. So, um, what have you been working on lately, man? I've been working like, on uh, uh, Pizza Pizza Boys issue fourteen's been the one that I've uh, been. Drawn literally when we uh, started talking, I was uh, working on one of the pages, getting it all together, and uh, all in all, for like as you know, I'm going at a pretty decent pace for you know filling in with all the time that I kind of have to kind of work on it and so on. It, it's making progress. Right. I like the way it's going. No man, I mean I'm glad that you can uh, find a good, you know, life, work, um, and creative balance. Like that's difficult. Yeah, no, that that always is the one. Like, cause sometimes I, I look at some of my days and I go, I literally will I'll work like 15 hour, 16 hour days between just like every single thing I have to do in the day. It's like, I'll like, you know, you wake up at, you know, five something in the morning. And then uh, I'm like, by the time it's like, oh, it's like 930 and I'm still working on stuff. Okay, I guess it's time to go to bed now. And sometimes it'll be just some of those <laughs> days where it's just like, you're, you're just filled to the brim with all kinds of stuff. You know, but um, I just feel it's like, yeah, you know, I just like to get stuff in no matter what, like, you know, and a lot of times, I mean, I, I don't always fall to this, but I always feel like there's something to be said about trying to get just at least a little bit of work every single day, even if it's only like a half an hour, because it's like a half an hour doesn't sound like much, but that still mm-hmm. adds up. It still gets you farther to the finish line. It is definitely more than nothing, and it it, it keeps your your head in the right place as far as um like habit because we're you know we're humans we're creatures of habit and uh it's nice to like have that um human reward system you know to like Mm -hmm. not just be like oh i i was a writer but i haven't done it in a fucking long ass time because my life is a mess (laughs) but like you gotta be able to work around that and know when it is you know like time to switch your brain into create mode or like like just find the the joy and the love in what you do and be proud of it yeah no i think that's kind of it is because and it was something i always noticed too and this kind of goes with anything whether it be it could be something you're working on or it could even be something that you're watching or playing video game wise or something like that but like once you sort of uh pass that three-day period of not 
working on it or not playing it or not watching it or anything like that. It's amazing how after just those days, it can literally fall to the back burner. And then almost it's like you, it's it's like your your mind starts uh, like losing interest in it in this in a weird way. Like then you almost right. got to reinvigorate yourself to get back in the groove and everything like that. It's like after I feel like after 72 hours, you can kind of lose that groove. Not all the time, but, you know. That's almost like the the danger zone spot. I feel like once you hit that, like, oh, we're going over 48 hours, like, make sure you at least get something done. It's one thing. You could take one day off, no problem whatsoever. Two days, mm. eh, that's fine if it's, like, a certain thing. But, like, I feel like you got to watch the past three-day moment. Yeah, like, then when it turns to months, it might take months to even get back into it. And, like, uh, especially if you have, like, if it was, like, a depressive episode, or like mm-hmm. um like like something goes on in life then it's like getting back on the horse is the hardest thing if you don't build the muscle for it like oh god yeah i can <laughs> i can relate to that yeah gosh uh, cuz it's just one of those ones like um yeah, you just got to kind of keep going in the other things too is always to have in a sense sometimes multiple avenues of like projects to work on because that sometimes will get certain people too i notice it's like if one idea they have just doesn't go the way they can or something fails on them or anything like that and they almost have like nothing else to be like oh okay well that didn't work out well that's okay i got this over here and it gives me time to work on that like that's something that's kind of nice to always have too yeah it's good to have multiple like i'm even learning this on uh all fronts but like not putting your all your eggs in one basket, you know, like, uh, cause if you, you know, lose that basket, then you got no more eggs. Yeah, you, know? Yeah, you don't, you don't got eggs. You don't got the perfect protein. So, you know what I mean? What's yeah. the point of doing anything then? <laughs> and then you're weak brother and you can't even yeah walk. that's right brother if you don't get the protein in, you don't get the bodybuilding in, you're not going to be ready for Sunday night at WrestleMania. have you uh it's random tangent have you ever just drank an egg raw oh yeah you're talking to the guy who's probably drank more raw eggs than most people (laughs) in the world and i I kid you not Uh, i I, because i for the longest time like i started about 10 years ago i started adding protein or uh, eggs to my protein shake you know, mm-hmm. I started with like one, then I put two, and then I was like, okay, three is kind of a nice mixture. Three raw eggs, protein powder, right. milk, boom, there you go. You got everything. You got science protein, you got the best protein with eggs, and then you got dairy protein. You're hitting all avenues right there. And yeah. um, I've done it before where I've literally put I'd put six eggs in there, and I'd go more eggs and everything like that. And um, yeah, or you could you could another one. This this is like the the Mexican way to do it is you put three eggs into <laughs> orange juice. And then you mix it around. And that actually tastes pretty good like that, too. And it's like you get the perfect combo of you got your uh, protein right there, all natural from the hens. And then you got some a little bit of sugar and carbs to kind of go with it with the uh, orange juice. And it mixed nicely. So, yeah, I've, I've had I've had yeah. more raw eggs. I literally would buy the the five dozen pack of eggs. And I remember somebody was like, I was at the store, like checking out once. And they're like, oh, what, pancake breakfast? I'm like, I'm like, no, I'm going to drink all these. <laughs> and they just looked at me like what 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 i mean it's the quickest way to consume it i mean uh like eating like making scrambled eggs and then eating them takes up a remarkable amount of time when you really look at it mm-hmm. like i'm not gonna lie that is not the answer i was expecting to hear 
<laughs> it's one of those. Well, well, here's the thing. I'll say this. Okay, cook six eggs and try to eat that. That is really tough. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. That's a lot there. But you can drink six eggs a lot easier. Right, because it just fucking. I, I would think I um I'd crack a few eggs and then put a. I can't even think of all that. I just put protein powder in it to make it not taste like complete ass. Because there's a point where it just is. It tastes like milk, you know. Mm-hmm. Like um. Yeah, damn. <laughs> yeah, you, you gotta get that right balance in. That's that's like almost a key thing of the balance between whatever liquid you use, you know. Because I can even I can get the balance of even like a protein powder to get it where you can use it with water and it doesn't taste funky. Because mm-hmm. and like the key thing is just use very little water, all the water, just use the, the amount of water you need and nothing more. You know, where like milk, you can kind of go for days on it, be like whatever, it doesn't really matter if you have too much milk. That's not a big deal either. You know, but like the water, you got to get that balance. But then you throw the eggs in there too. And as I said, the thing to do is I always tell people I'm like just try with one egg. Throw one egg into your protein shake. You'll never notice one egg. By the time you start to get to two, three, and plus, you, you will at one point get the the slimy like, oh, there, there's an egg in there that just didn't get properly blended up. <laughs> so it's bound to happen, but uh, it's, it's kind of nice. I, and oddly, I actually haven't done it in a while. I mean, I felt like so every once in a while I'll just take a break like from protein shakes, and I just haven't had one in well, I had one today. I take that back. I don't know what I'm talking about. But um, <laughs> I wasn't having them on the regular as much, you know, but. Yeah, I dig it. I mean, like, uh, it's it's underrated for creating things, um, as probably especially in writing. But, like, keeping a healthy mind is, like, I'm, I'm not the type who can, um, like, have you ever heard um, Hunter S. Thompson's, like, morning routine? It's like no, I don't think so. Oh, it's fantastic! You've got to look it up. I think uh, it was on the Joe Rogan Experience, but like, uh, like it's just a, it's this document where this um, this writer for the New York Times would uh, like he wake up like at like three o'clock in the afternoon or like <laughs> or um, like t- like twelve or something like that, and then uh, he'd like just fill his body with. Um, liquor watch porn do coke like he would and then like and then it goes um uh fuck it 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 just gives this huge list and then says 4 p.m hunter s thompson is ready to write and then he just sits down and hammers it out until he falls asleep and then wakes up the next day and does it again (laughs) it's Uh, like i I, I wish i I wish i I had that kind of brain I love all those old school stories like that because sometimes I just feel like that, like lifestyle. Like if you went to try that today, it would just not work out the same way. I just, I, even if you did it exactly like to the T, I just feel like there were some of those guys that like uh, they could just do ridiculous stuff. Or it's like another one is like I was reading a book on like Ian Fleming, the dude who wrote 007. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember because, you know, in Casino Royale, when I read that as a kid and it's like Bond was on his 70th cigarette of the day, I'm like 70 cigarettes a day. Like, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and then it was like in that book, it's like that's what he wrote it in there because that's what Ian Fleming did every single day. I'm like, well, no wonder he only lived to like 56 or whatever. But it's like <laughs> that's a lot of that, that's like that's like you're, you're literally lighting up a cigarette like at least every 10 minutes. It is a weird um, trend that writers like of the past, uh, they smoke. Like that's uh that used to be like like everything. Like uh, uh now that now that you mentioned it, I mean um Hunter S. Thompson smoked fucking like whatever you get a uh, picture of like I think even Walt Disney smoked. 
Yep. You know, Stephen like King used to smoke a bunch because even Stephen King says like he's like the nicotine actually does kind of help with the writing. The other effects of it aren't really worth it in the long run, but mm-hmm. he's like in the moment it what it did actually kind of uh, keep you sort of like you know alert and on track and whatnot. Yeah, that's just uh, <laughs> yeah, kicking addiction is definitely um. You know, if you make enough, if you're successful with writing, then kicking that addiction will be the least of your worries. Yeah. You know, but if that's but, the only thing you got in life is that addiction, then. Uh... Yeah. Then, and then you don't got money for, um, I don't know, Coke or <laughs> smokes. <laughs> smoke, smoke. You know, yeah, I don't got any of that good stuff. So, yeah. Or, you know, whatever you want to say there. But yeah, th- those are those ones I, I still think it's like story wise. I think it's so interesting when you hear that about like certain things. It's just like, huh. It's cool to say that. Like, I feel like, you know, like, yeah, because I feel like, for the, uh, most people would they would just end up crashing from trying any of that kind of stuff. Like the Hunter S. Thompson thing that would like kill half the people out there. Or like when uh, Shrek revealed that he was on LSD while he made uh, when he wrote Hallelujah. Fucking <laughs> 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 true genius of our generation. Oh yeah, there we go. <laughs> Again, oh. um, God, I was gonna say. Yeah. Speaking of writing, um, I've been, I, I reread your uh, TKL the Viking today, and I was kind of wondering, do uh, you got a second one in the works coming down the line? Um, I mean, it's hard to say. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. Um, like I, I started writing it, and we even got uh, into storyboard in the first five pages but uh it's just kind of like a lot's been going on like in uh my personal life and it's mm-hmm. it's kind of switched my focus up from uh this comic i've i've got this uh other project that i want to work on um film wise that uh kind of uses themes of what i wanted to do with Dekel. But mm-hmm. uh, me and the uh, artist don't really, like, we're not really working on anything together anymore. Uh, we don't really, I haven't really heard from him in a minute. Uh, but ideally, like, that would have been great if uh, the second issue came out, like, six months ago, you know? like Yeah, they, they kind of match in time. Because that's the only thing about nowadays, it's like, it feels like you got to kind of, catch those waves even though i'm not i say that as in and i've even had ones that take it sweet time coming out but mm-hmm. yeah i mean like i think if anything uh i might have bit off a little more than i could chew because uh there was a lot of plans and i think even like i don't know maybe eight months ago i was trying to talk about like all right let's why don't we do a project that I even because I heard this advice from some writer like a while ago, like a year and a half, and uh, I asked him like what he had, and he was like, "Yeah, just uh, I heard your idea. I just don't um, maybe don't start with a grand epic story for your first, you know, like and uh, all these plans for sequels. Just like prove to people that you can tell one story." And I thought. Man, that's the bullshittest fucking thing I ever heard at the moment. <laughs> I was like, "You sound like a little bitch who didn't have no dreams." But he he had, you know, he had a he was published. Who the fuck am I talking him to? But uh, like, <laughs> I, I just like it's nice to 
hear advice and then realize that you're an arrogant prick. Like I didn't say all that to him, but I was like, I definitely thought like, man, don't don't be stepping on my dreams right now. I I got plans and they may or may not go through. It's like like I would now I just want to make um I'm working on a short film that I had written a while ago and I'm just uh you know ironing out the the kinks for that because back when I made um films in college it was it was really fun. I don't know if you um I think you you said that uh you wanted to make Pizza Boys a uh like a, a movie before you started making it into a comic, right? Yeah, because uh literally movie making was like what I lived and did from like literally like almost like late maybe very very late elementary school but high school um on to college era and then it was about like mid maybe like my mid 20s is when i sort of switched over to like animation because you just got to the point where it's just, it was hard to get people to like work with in movies and like because i the one thing I've always kind of learned in movies is everybody likes the idea of making a movie, but then once they see the real work it takes to make a movie, you start losing people real fast. And oh, yeah. that's always the tough part. They just don't have enough time and any of that kind of stuff. That's sort of like what that uh, Pizza Boys issue for. I sort of wrote that one as kind of like when you're trying to make movies with your friends and how like a lot of things just do not work out the way you want them to and all like the kind of struggles and, you know, problems that kind of go in there. And realistically, you know, going into animation was kind of nice. It was like me and my buddy could kind of do everything ourselves. And I was like, well, this is kind of cool. And animation doesn't have to look that good. It's just as long as it's moving, people are kind of like, oh, hey, that, that, that looks fun and funny. And we're doing comedy anyways. And then in that process, I just sort of learned how to kind of draw like later. And I was like, hey, you know what? I think I could draw just good enough that I could make a comedy book and right. uh, go from there. And I will say the one thing I just like about making comic books like myself, even though it kind of, it would be nice to have somebody else to work with, you know, but at the end of the day, at least the upside is that, hey, I, I never have to worry about if somebody else decides they're not into it or somebody else just doesn't show up or any of that kind of stuff. That's kind of the one nice thing is that, like, it's all on me, which does make the workload extreme, but at least at the end of the day, I know I won't fail myself. Right. I mean, you'll or like if you wanted to give up, it's it's on you. you know? Yeah. It's I don't all... feel like I'm failing. I'm, I'm not. The, I'm not going to be the person failing the other people. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what's um, what was your plans for a Pizza Boys movie? Because I was, uh, I was actually considering, like, you know, if uh, that was something that you were still interested in doing, like, uh, like, it's a pre-existing property. You know, I was the. Uh, yeah. What was the uh, what was the plot? You thought. Um. Well, really, the plot, like the way that Pizza Boy's issue one starts off is actually kind of ripped from the beginning of the screenplay because I wrote like a 129-page screenplay or whatever, like in my senior year of high school for Pizza Boy's. And um, I think I wrote it like in literally like under seven days. I think I wrote the whole thing. Like I want to say I almost wrote it in like four days because I literally was writing it during class. And then like I transferred it over to the computer like once the weekend came. And um, it's one of those ones. And then like my buddy Cisco, who's, you know, the comic and my buddy Dunnigan as well in the comic, like, you know, we all kind of worked together and threw in ideas. And then I wrote that whole script and so on. And then I had that. And I was like, okay, cool. Here's this one. And it had the core stuff of Pizza Boys in it, but it had more of a, um, in a sense, we, I, we made it in the style to go like American Pie or, you know, Animal House, like the kind mm-hmm. of teen college comedy kind of like that, where it had some kind of almost even somewhat wacky stuff in it, though it was still grounded and it still kind of had 
you know, all the gaming stuff in there and just the hanging out and just like the, the retro vibes. But um, that would be nice to see because it's like stuff like that, but movies like that and sometimes like experiences of that nature feel like they are uh, like few and far between now. Like they, they rarely like like when was the last time you saw a comedy in theaters, you know, like yeah, barely was- make that sort of thing. I know that's the thing is, is, is well comedy. It's like I always think about that with comic books. It's kind of funny because comic books, you know, like generally, like the thing is, people think comic strips, funny pages, that kind of stuff. But beyond that, like you don't see comedy as common in comic books. I mean, there, there is comedy in comic books, but it, it's actually mm-hmm. it feels like that's a much rarer genre than anything else there is. Which I always think is kind of funny. Like even like because that's why I always called Pizza Boys. Like I kind of gave it the sitcom feel because that was the other things I always wanted to make was sitcoms, mm-hmm. and so like. I have. I mean, there's a couple of videos of sitcoms. I should just show them to you, anyways. But um, and, I've you know, other, a couple of sitcoms. They're fun because I just love sitcoms. Like that was the one. It's like if I could be a sitcom writer, I would be like, yeah, sure. I, I could just sit there and come up with all kinds of ideas. And that was something I always wanted to do was make sitcoms. But I was like, well, then Pizza Boys. Once again, the comic book series, I, I can in a sense make my sitcom and and kind of do it, you know, the whole way through myself. And so that's been kind of fun. I should also, as I said, I had some um, from when we were putting together the Pizza Boys movie. We literally did have like casting call tapes that we had when we were in San Francisco and so on, like that. And I have, I literally have DV tapes that have all those on there because I've never gotten rid of any of my video cassettes or film or any of that stuff. I just have a big old fat stack of them of everything I've ever shot in life. Oh, nice! Like that's uh, yeah, it's good to keep your old work just in case you uh, need to bounce off of it or just kind of take a nostalgia trip. Well, because, you know, personally, I like the kind of like you sit back and you look at your old stuff and there's, there's some of those kind of people that they'll look at their old stuff and go, Oh, it's just no good. Like, like for me, I I can always find all the good in it. Or it's same thing of like when you have old ideas and like your notepad and so on like that, like Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of times I can go back to some stuff and go, Oh man, I wrote this 10 years ago. This is a fantastic idea. Like, you know, cause a lot of times there's, you know, I always feel there's more ideas than there's time to ever create anything, you know, for every one idea that's gets created. I feel like there's 15 ideas that are still sitting there. Right. And it's like, uh, just keeping focus is a, a big thing, especially if, you know, it's like, oh, you get this, you know, you're you're working on one thing and you have an idea for another. It's like, all right, just write that down so we don't distract from the thing that is currently happening. Yeah, that's that's always important one too, because if there's one skill that I always feel like I noticed that I kind of have that like a lot of times other people kind of can be missing is I always feel like I, I can at least go from A to Z and complete something. Like, and I think that right there in itself, like there's people that are much more talented in all kinds of avenues than I am, but a lot of times those people will peter out or they won't make it all the way or they'll give up halfway through. Yeah, and I, feel just, to have. I feel finishing is almost like I would rather take someone who can finish and be not nearly as good of like, you know, whatever it is, whether they're an artist or they're a creator or whatever they're doing. I, I think somebody who can finish something to me feels much more like satisfactory and like, that than anything else is that and also being optimistic and like enthusiastic like those three things together i feel you could conquer the world in a sense of that i mean having a reel of the things that you were capable of doing is like much better than just having like a bunch of oh here's my fucking notebook where i doodle a bunch of ideas or the notes app on your phone which is uh for me a breeding ground of fucking insanity 
<laughs> it only makes sense to me. And if someone, I think I, I was just reading something <laughs> I, I wrote a long ass time ago where it was like ideas. And then it was, it was a bit of a crazy time at the moment. And then I, I wrote something really dramatic. And then the next thing was like, a a goofy scene where uh, a woman has to like have sex with a cartoon character, like <laughs> a Roger Rabbit esque scene, uh-huh. where uh, like it's like an actress and she's like, so I'm supposed to like just pretend like it's happening. It's like, yeah, we'll draw over it later. Don't worry. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny. Like when the notes kind of are because like they'll just like be all together. Because that's how mine are too. And like I feel like if someone found my notes, they'd probably have a hard time reading them. Because sometimes I write them so fast that like you know the the handwriting goes out the window like a doctor's, and you're just trying to get all your ideas onto the paper before you forget it. So you just go at super speed. Um, but but yeah, it's one of those ones. Like a lot of times, I'll go back to the well of ideas and go, oh god, there's all kinds of great ideas that I kind of forgot about. And that's why I think the most important thing is if you have an idea, just write it down always write it down, like never, whether it be on the phone, whether it be on paper, whether it be anywhere, like get those ideas down. Cause they'll go away a lot faster than they came to you. Yeah. I've, I've, I've had some shower thoughts that have yet to be written down. Like I, I can only hope that when I'm uh, like, when I die, I find out what those are. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like have you ever um, like, to me and after a perfect afterlife is finding out like all the stats of everything that i've done like unrecordable things like um like how many like wouldn't you like to know like how many times you've taken a shit or yeah that'd be like that it gives you like your weird thing to think but you know yeah you're like i want to see the details on that i want to see the numbers (laughs) it's like um or like how much does every shit that I've ever taken weigh altogether? Like, yeah, like fucking psycho keeps track of that. But if I just knew without having to keep track of it, that would be the shit. Yeah, if I have my AI companion that records this data for us. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's all I'm going to send you uh, a short film I made a while back. Um, just have that just on its way. Um, sorry, I was just that's that's all I've been thinking about for a minute. It, well, yeah, I think you're getting that thought process there. Well, yeah, I'd love to see that because, as I said, like indie filmmaking was like in a sense the one thing that I really wanted to do for the longest time. As I said, it just got to that point where it's just like you know getting those stories out and getting them together with a team was just always kind of a tough one and you know i've done i've done a lot of like freelance video editing and shooting like little commercials and concerts and videos like that and so on and that, yeah. that's fun in itself but it's not it's it's almost like it's still not filmmaking like it's not like you know straight up i'm we're telling a story writing and directing and all that good kind of stuff there you know um the, like, like i feel like that's story. That, like yeah it's not it's not that and it's like it's i don't know it's like i don't know it's like i feel like commercial aspects of like filmmaking a lot of times it's it's missing like the the real like pizzazz that um you know storytelling is and at the end of the day what i've really come to the conclusion is what i like most what it all sums up to more than anything else is i, I like the storytelling aspect more than anything else 
That's what it all is. It doesn't matter what medium is. It can be video. It can be um, music. It could be literally comics, novels. Doesn't matter. It's the storytelling aspect is what I kind of gravitated myself towards. Right. It's like uh, being able to share and have a connection with an audience speaks leagues more than like as as much as like someone could see your uh, comic as like just like silly dudes gaming in hanging out but it's like to to me and people that can relate with it or people that just like see more in it you can see that it's very much like um like it's it's slice of life like it's it's to experience like a a time that like like you never know when the last time you were able to skate with your friends was you know like uh mm-hmm. you, you ever seen um mid 90s Yes, I did. That that was that, that was a good one. That movie makes me sad in a weird way because it reminds me of like, like I will like I'd look like a crackhead right now if I went out with my friends and fucking like skateboarded, and I wouldn't even be able like all my homies from high school like like hey come over let's skate. It's like, why don't we just drive there? It's like, oh, it's not the fucking same, dude. Like, yeah, that's true. It's not the same. It's like, I'm, I'm going to drive to where you are so we can fucking skate to another location. Like, it's just, I, uh, but yeah, like just being that age, like you'll, you don't appreciate that you'll never be the age that you are like in the future, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, no, and it's one of those ones, like, especially even the older I get, I get more nostalgic for that kind of age all the time, you know? And I think it's one of those, especially like the skateboarding age, because gosh, I, mm-hmm. it's, it's almost that weird one. It's like, I remember I got on a skateboard, the, I had a friend and, he, and he's older than me and he brought like a skateboard to the movie theater once. He's like, hey, why don't you jump on? I'm like, sure. I got, And I jumped on, I was like, oh man, my like equilibrium and balance and everything. It's like, this thing feels so dangerous right now. And it's like, but back in the day, I used to ride all the time. I was, you know, never really great at skateboarding, but good enough just, uh, you know, a handful of friends would get together and you'd go to different places around town and skateboard and, you know, hang out till like past midnight and whatnot. And right. then um, when I lived in San Francisco, I, I had my skateboard there because I would use that to travel all the way around. And that was always fun because every day was an adventure in San Francisco while skateboarding. Mm-hmm. And you could go and explore all kinds of cool stuff. And you go like the Pier uh, 59 or Pier 39 like at nighttime and go skateboard out there. There was nobody out there. It was bizarre. I remember I had my buddy, Kyle, um, Kyle from pizza boys. I'm like, dude, bring your skateboard down. And I got to show you this. This is so weird. Then we go to Chinatown at like 11 o'clock at night. I'm like, you know how this place is busy as all can be during the daytime and cars are everywhere and people everywhere. And you go there at nighttime and it's like, there's not a soul out here it's like a ghost town you literally don't if, if you're lucky you might see a random taxi cab off in the distance but you see nobody no homeless people no people in general nothing it's so weird when you could skate through the whole thing down the dead center of the road no one's ever gonna bother you it was that was a fun experience that's interesting actually you think that it's a uh, like that's that's another thing like is it still the same like that because uh and i know that they're homeless population problem is only getting worse so like what are the odds that every night like you know it gets around that time tents start popping up you know yeah it might be maybe it's chinatown kept them out i don't know 
<laughs> because I mean, they, definitely in other parts of uh, San Francisco, it, it, that wouldn't be the case. But yeah, yeah, the weirdest thing is like, yeah, a lot, but like the homeless people, like at night, you would go out at nighttime, and I kid you not, you would see almost next to none of them, depending, I guess, what part of town you're in. But like, mm-hmm. there are a lot of towns, it would be weird. You like San Francisco shuts down at like nine o'clock at night. It's the most bizarre thing. And like, practically nothing is open past that point, except for a couple of random bars that are few and far between. Like that town is so shut down, you know, and it's just like, yeah, you just literally, I, I as I said, when I was kind of younger, I was like, man, this is cool. You can just literally, you pretty much have like the whole place to yourself. <laughs> There's nobody out here. That is, yeah, that is, that's kind of freaky to think like, uh, just, huh. yeah. Yeah. I mean, Sometimes I remember like like me and a couple of friends, we'd be walking back from like Haight Ashbury because we had a buddy that lived down there and it would take us like an hour and 20 minutes to walk back to the side that we were at. And I kid you not, like in that entire walk, you'd almost never see a single soul. And it's like one of those ones, it's like probably only like 1130 at night. It's not like it's ridiculously late. Hmm. But yeah, I, I couldn't figure it out. I thought that for me, I thought that was the weirdest thing, but I thought it was also kind of cool at the same time. Huh. Yeah, it's like, uh, hmm. I, I love how that skateboarding just got us off on like the most random tangent to like stuff, but but that kind of goes with like the the mid nineties, like because I remember when I saw that, I was like, oh, this thing it, it, like really takes me back in a sense, because like I feel like even those characters are just slightly older than I am, but not by much, and mm-hmm. it just just is like that. Wow, I, I feel like I, I I felt like a lot of people and I'm like, dude, I I knew a guy like that, I knew someone like that character too. Like it was like really like, oh, this is dialed in. Right. I mean, you might have been the same age as the uh, um, the young kid in it, right? I think he was like um, 13. Well, because I, like, I was trying, when I was watching that movie, I was really trying to, because it never says exactly what the year is, but the this right. is the only thing that I would say. Like, in my mind, I would have said that movie was give or take 95, 96, but the only reason I said that movie might be 1998 is because there's a part where the, one of the kids is playing a PlayStation and he's got a DualShock controller, and the DualShock controller came out in 1998. No, that sounds like the most like nerd facts to get in there. Like, <laughs> they might have <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> but I, I almost, I'll say this: I think they more fucked up than actually. Um, I think they just got the wrong controller instead of. But I, I don't really believe it's 1998. Yeah, because if it was the, uh, you, you mean the DualShock with the the sticks, right? With the sticks. Yeah. Then. Yeah, because I remember they were uh, they were playing Twisted Metal in the movie and. Uh, Hmm. Yeah, because yeah, I think I think they're playing like Twisted Metal two. I don't think they're playing Twisted Metal three, because Twisted Metal three. Uh, whenever I think of that one being played, that's in a uh, Big Daddy. But um, <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of times uh, that's how I remember. I, I I remember like every time that you see like a video game mentioned in like an old movie, or like um, it's also like in um, uh, Charlie's Angels. There's a scene. I think it's on the second one though, but I could be wrong. It could be the first one. But there's a scene. It's the most bizarre one where there's two kids playing Final Fantasy VIII, but they're playing. But they have two. But they have two controllers in their hands. So like nobody did their research on what type of game that one's playing. <laughs> yeah, it's always funny. Like uh, they'll just have. I've seen movies where it's like whatever the fuck, and then they'll just have a Nintendo sixty four controller, and then on top of that, they'll be holding it wrong. It's like what kind of psycho holds it like a regular controller and then reaches their thumb over for the D pad or the um the stick? It's like you're you're a fucking maniac. 
Well, the, my, my biggest problem is like, uh, this is why I think about because it's like, okay, it's a movie set. So how many people are standing around there? Like, oh, like the 40 people stand there. Not one person knows how a controller works. I, I You know what I mean? Like, it would be different. Yeah. Like, I, I, I would give it a pass if it was only like two or three people making it. Like, okay, I, I kind of get it. Two or three people, they're probably like in like their 40s at that time period. They have no idea. They just know that the producer said throw a controller in there, you know, whatever. But, you know, out of everybody in there. Come on, come on. Well, I I remember when I was a kid, or I was I was in high school, and um, my my friend was in a play, and uh, in in the play he had to smoke a cigarette, and I was like, um, trying to explain to him like, well, if you, you know, you you can't just like run out there and uh like hold it like you're holding it, because he had like two of his fingers extended. And I was like, bro, you, you're holding that cigarette like a fucking lady. Like, why are you, uh, <laughs> like, and then I was like, here, you, you know, hold it like this, like, be casual about it. And then he was like, no, I don't think anyone's going to notice. Like, it's not that big of a deal. And then that was like the first notice. She's like, <laughs> our, our liberal ass fucking uh, uh, theater teacher was like, why are you holding that like a bitch? <laughs> like <laughs> you look like a, a fucking lady right now you like is there a way that you could hold that like <laughs> like not after having sex with a dude like is there a yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like, like one of those ones where it's like no 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 people th- those little things are noticed and it, like anything you're never gonna be able to catch them all that's like sometimes stuff just happens and that's just kind of how it is but like no, no no like you got you got to get those kind of parts kind of dialed in and it's what's going to bring out the true acting is when you get it that you get the actual feel. It's like the uh, it's like just put the game on mute and have them play it off screen, like because then you get like the people going like, <laughs> you know, it's like, and, and you look fucking ridiculous. Like you are now you're playing Halo. Yeah. Well, what? the thing too is funny. A lot of people like they would always make video games out like it was like such like a like almost like athletic experience of move like movement and motion. And it's like realistically, if you watch people play video games, video games is a very like subtle, almost meditation like <laughs> more experience where you're in the zone and like your your moves are very like quick and nimble, and you know you you use only the amount of energy that you possibly need, unless maybe it's right. like getting intense and you're playing Ninja Guy or something like that. But still. <laughs> I, I dated this girl uh, a while back and I tried to explain to her how to like play video games. And every once in a while she'd do something crack. I'm like, Oh shit. And she's like, I don't know what I'm doing. And then I'd be like, wait, why are you pressing that button? It doesn't do anything. And you, you've learned this. Like, are you incapable? <laughs> are you incapable of learning? Why can't you've you learned play this, damn it? Like, <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like, um, Adam Sandler talking to the golf balls. That's your home. I just want to go to your home. You too good for your home? <laughs> well, it, it, well, you know what's a weird thing too? When like when you see almost someone playing video games kind of for the first time, and you kind of, I feel like if, if anybody growing up playing video games their whole life, you kind of take it for granted because you just like your experiences just sort of roll together and you sort of learned everything as time is going on. But it's almost like the, the one, one of the biggest ones I always notice is if someone doesn't generally play video games and they have the twin sticks operation in their hand, whether it be a first person shooter or even if they're just kind of operating the camera with the right stick, it's like that one right there is always the one where it, like it, it takes a big moment to get kind of used to that. Like you, you can't just jump into that kind of style of game and just be ready to go. Like there, there is almost like almost like hours upon hours that need to be put into like kind of feeling that flow. 
Yeah, it is funny to see like um, like I don't know. I feel like that people don't do the. Re- it's like if um, like someone was playing guitar in a movie and they were just like, <laughs> just doing whatever. Like not even like you play the the song on the set and then just have them do what they think it would sound like. You know, like I don't know. Video games are kind of a more easier experience for that Ugh. yeah well yeah it's, it's yeah it's like one of those with the guitar it's like you, you got to get your actors at least like a month's worth of guitar lessons to get them at least they don't, they don't have to make the sound come out of it but they should at least just look like they know what they're doing right 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 um hmm. yeah do you have any um short films or anything like uh could you, t- so you were saying that you you've done like commercials and ads before yeah, I have some just, you know, for like little real estate companies and I have some concert ones I've done for certain like bands. So I, I could pull some of that stuff up and send them all over to you and whatnot. And even there's some stuff that's like old YouTube videos and stuff that's, you know, back behind all the podcasts and so on on there. So there is all sorts of stuff. But oh, cool. um, but yeah, as I said, like video, like I, I love making movies and, you know, video editing and all that kind of good stuff. You know, the one always down, this is the one other downfall I've kind of like thought about in like the longer run. Like you didn't think, I didn't think about it when I was younger, but like, this is almost what makes comic books kind of like nice compared to like, um, movies though. It's like the only downfall always in movies is that there's always something else to always buy when making movies where like the upside of making comic books is like, you sort of buy like you're, you like, what do you need? Realistically, at the end of the day, you need a computer, something to draw on. And, you know, some software. And that's pretty much about it. Like, you, in like with like a thousand bucks or less, you can have everything you need for like literally like the next 10 years plus, as long as like your computer and your hardware hold out. Right. It's, it's all about um, like both require you to give up your time. But like with comics, it's you are like you're the visuals and the like like with, with film you can kind of distribute things amongst like five people but with comic books like minimum it's like or, or maximum it's like two or three like if if you're bougie enough to have like someone who's an inker you know for yeah. for three like, yeah, yeah, you you might have a couple people, or you might have a colorist or something like that. You can have a team, but you can still keep it kind right. of small. It, it's almost like the other one too that I almost feels like the the other you know kind of I guess you would say creative art that I think is almost like the most pure of them all. And I say that pure by being like the most simplistic, but like in the like the nicest way is if you're someone who just writes straight up novels. Because I mean, like, yeah, it's it's a lot of writing, of course, and there's yeah. all that there. But it's like all you need is your keyboard. And, you know, a typing program, like you could just use Microsoft Word or whatever the heck you decide you want to use and you just go to town. And what do you do? You write. And what do you do more? You write some more and you continue writing. It's like you don't have that kind of multi-stage job. Like I just always think even a comic book, even though a comic book it is what it is, but there's still the multitude. There's there's the writing. Then there's the penciling. Then there's sort of the inking, the toning, the coloring, if you have that, the, you know, the lettering and editing and so on and putting it together and getting it ready for print where I feel like the upside to like writing is it's just like, you just straight write, especially for like novels. You just write, write some more and write some more again. You know, that's all, that's all you're, you're in, you're in one mode the whole time and you just hit it hard. Right. And then like, I don't know if you've ever been 
like it, it's been three hours and you're like all right dope that was that was an excellent writing session and then you look it's like oh that's fucking eight pages like it's <laughs> been three hours and my brain can only produce eight pages that's uh upsetting maybe maybe i just overthink and pre-plan when um like the process should just like flow but like mm-hmm. it, it is that was you know the one of the time i'm specifically mentioning was a solid flow but like it's just um like it's not like a i've been working on this like clerks three video uh lately and i sat through the movie and just marked all the moments of times that i needed to make notes and i noticed that like it it turned an hour and a half long movie into like a three and a half hour long session of me pausing and writing notes but it was a set objective it wasn't like i had to figure out what i needed to do but like when you're writing a story it's like you're you are the master of this entire universe and you have to figure out exactly like like god especially with dialogue oh fuck me like (laughs) dialogue is not conversation like you can't and you all you usually can't think of dialogue as regular conversation because characters and people aren't the same like characters have motivations that need to wrap up within a certain amount of time and like they have to interact with each other and push towards a specific thing you can't just have them like say fucking whatever and people say that your dialogue is bad if it's too like if it's too lean towards character and plot versus like who they actually are as people so there's like a balance act that has to happen when you're like working with this and it's uh stressful sometimes to say the least yeah like the ways that the, i guess the way that i sort of go about writing now of course a lot of times before i kind of write something i feel like i have thought about it for quite some time i've taken notes and you know it kind of is like simmers and boils and whatnot and then when i go to write like i kind of write like in sprinting kind of zones like i'll write mm-hmm. really hard for like let's just say like an hour to two hours and then once i get to that point where i'm like okay i feel like i'm kind of running out of juice I, I i stop there and i'll come back like the next day and then i'll write again and write real hard and you know comic book wise i can pretty much write an issue generally in about two to three days easily like and have the thing generally even almost even edited and rewritten like and kind of have it ready to go and but but granted i have been thinking about it for quite some time so i think that also makes a difference there too it's not like it's coming just straight from like right then and there but um i like that kind of way like once i feel like it's kind of petering out take a break you i mean you can come back to it maybe even later in the day but like when, once it feels like it's just feeling kind of off, like don't try to I, I feel like don't try to forcefully keep throwing things in there, you know, because sometimes there's a point where you do that and then you're like, eh, eh uh. I mean, I, every once in a while I will try those things where it's like, OK, I just need to get the story going and I'll, I'll worry about how like the dialogue, I'll, I'll you know, I'll, I'll kind of buff up the dialogue later down the line. You know, I just need some words that kind of fill in the void that will at least right. make it like progress forward. Yeah, I guess uh, focusing on, like, 
uh, I need I need character A and character B to get to location A, like because that's where my outline is and that's where it needs to be. But fucking when you focus too hard on things like that, it kind of starts to fuck with you. Like mm-hmm. it's just and you you like overthink and uh, when you know you don't know exactly what needs to be said at the moment you kind of or at least at least for me like uh it is better to focus on um like moving forward and then you can go back and like proofread and like rewrite things i think uh um problem that i've had a lot in the past as a writer is just like obsessing over the first draft being perfect and yeah. like not like being able to say, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to go in and then look at the first draft, but I'm not going to like edit the first draft. I'm just going to rewrite it, re- rewrite it all out. And then like, because um, even like to kill issue too, I, I was starting to write that. And then sometimes I'll come back to it and I'll think like, why did I write all the, fucking everyone like a sitcom character like why are they talking like this and then other times i'll be like okay this is funny shit but maybe it doesn't fit what i'm doing i was just in a mood that day Uh uh-huh but then i'm like what else goes here then like it it seemed like the perfect thing for these people to say and i like just i don't know that's just uh that's just the way my brain works and it's fucking difficult sometimes well, yeah, there is always that thing is you guys sometimes stop and go, wait a second, what type of story am I writing again? You know, because <laughs> like on my latest Pizza Boys one, because um, on the new arc I've sort of done, well, I guess the other ones aren't really in an arc. So the first arc, I guess, of this is uh, giving it something a little bit different. And I'm doing, I have seven issues of a continual, in a sense, arc instead of being episodic where they're on like, a, you know, in a sense, a kung fu martial arts adventure in the vein of like 80s, 90s, American style ninja type movies. And there was a point when I was writing it, like by about issue three or four or somewhere around there, maybe even five, where I was just like, I don't think there's been a joke in like the last like 10 pages. I'm like, wait a second. Like I I got, I got almost too into like the martial arts, almost feeling like a manga style thing here. And I'm like, wait a second, wait a second. It's got to still be the first and foremost. It's a comedy and the the action needs to almost be second once again. Like don't, don't get, but I think I was just almost kind of getting into it because I just felt like I was going in a different Avenue anyways than like the kind of normal pizza boys thing that like, it was just fun to kind of go down this road and see where it was taking me. But all of a sudden, like, wait a second, have I, have I fallen out and lost like the, like the, the main, at least the uh, vibe of the story. I mean, that's um, to reference what you were saying earlier, even a good reason to have multiple outlets for what you make. Like um, it's good to have like, you know, maybe, Maybe you have the comedy-driven comic, but a drama-related TV show, like mm-hmm. concept. Uh, even even if you're not going to use it, then you know it's it's good to have, like uh, or like action horror, like you know you can't always marry yourself to one concept. 
Oh yeah, most definitely. And you know, it's like with myself, I I like a, I like like the broad spectrum of all kinds of genres and so on. And this even kind of goes back to what you were saying actually earlier when you're talking to that one dude and he said, "Hey, you know, maybe you should just do one shot as of like different series instead of kind of having the epic as kind of like the first one." And I've even thought about that myself too. There's kind of something to be said cuz there's a couple guys I know that have um like the way that they've made their comic book series is they just have like like they have like three different series but they just have like kind of single issues of each one and then like it almost seems like whatever people kind of gravitate to that's where they go to like okay i'll make another issue of that one then you know and there's something kind of nice about that there is that i feel like when people come up to your booth or whatever at least like a comic-con is that you could be like oh I, i got three different ones here here's my horror story here's my comedy story here's my adventure story or what have you and mm-hmm. you kind of have some choices it lets you kind of expand because i mean even though it's over I, I like pizza boys i do kind of feel like at some point it'd be kind of like nice to be like okay it'd be nice to just try something else that was kind of completely different let pizza boys keep doing its thing and then have something different there and i have a couple uh script ideas i've been kind of working on for something new i mean if i go back to the vault of course i got a handful of scripts i could kind of pull from but um there's one i've been kind of thinking back in the back of my mind that's like well this would be kind of fun where it'd be something different it's not it has to be pizza boys you know i'm not exactly sure 100 percent what i would do if i'd make it just straight up comic book or what kind of story to go with it or write it only maybe not draw it or i don't know Sometimes the only thing is I've gotten to the point where it's like I, I kind of like my drawings a lot. I, mean, I, I know I'm not the greatest artist, but I feel like I, I, I like the way mine looks. At least it doesn't look like anybody else's. Yeah, and I mean, you've, you've definitely grown as an artist. Like uh, even today I was referencing from issue one to what, uh, your most recent one that I got, the uh, the beginning of the Ninja arc, right? Yeah, well, the, the, that's the thing is like I look at the, you look at the difference between like issue one to there like it's almost like equivalent of like looking at South Park episode one to like the newer episodes. It's like it's like night and day almost. Right. How, how different it becomes. Like new South Park characters don't look as uh like <clears throat> blocky. Like yeah, uh, they, they don't they don't have the cutout look anymore on a lot of them. They look actually like regular animated characters. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, Ugh, sorry, <sighs> but it, it, yeah, that's kind of the thing is like, there's something to be said about like, yeah, and, and I know that's almost like the thing. If you read probably like anything that tells you on a writing book, it would say like, Hey, write down like a bunch of short stories instead of going for like, you know, a big one or a big Epic one. And you know, that was almost the same way they would say of like movies, like do a bunch of short films before you go for a, a full length movie. And when I was growing up, it just felt like, no man, like full length movies was all that like we were into. And you know, the things that I would look at was like, well, there's, you know, El Mariachi, there's clerks, there's the evil dead, you know, there's like, these are all these, movies there's that i've drawn a blank on it but there's vin diesel's first movie that he like wrote directed and produced for like fifty thousand bucks and like the, um there's all I mean, these ones you're like it's like this is like the thing this is what i see is what well, this is what i want to do right which is uh i think even stallone was the one who funded the first rocky and it's what made him a movie star but uh like now um the scene seems to be like horror short films like uh, lights out started off as a short film and like that was great like the i mean the movie was okay but the short film was fantastic and it was able to get his name out there i know there's a second one i think might have been like 
insidious or something but like um there's this movie called the dirties about um like you you you'll love it it's uh it's about like two kids that make a uh a, a movie uh for like their their class and it just feels so authentically like like they look like two high school kids they don't look like fucking movie actors that they put glasses like 25 on. years old Right. Like they, I think they were both like 19 when they made the movie and it's found footage. And like, like for me, a lot of the acting feels authentic. Like they're like, I never thought of it as acting. It honestly always felt like it's two people like interacting as if they were fucking kids. Like they were naturally and, uh, like the movie sends a curveball. Like I'd like, uh, don't look at any, like descriptions of it because it's uh i don't i don't want to spoil it for you it's fucking it's great so well, I, I personally love watching movies with like little to no information on what it is that, that almost makes for a better experience right like because you know like um trailers these days damn near summer summarize the entire fucking movie like um God, yeah. Which, they, they, they have the short pretty much it feels like there's the entire movie summed up in two and a half minutes <laughs> Yeah, it's like in the way that they used to do it was like the they would have the narrator damn near describe the whole fucking movie. It's like, no, just tell me the tell me the premise. Tell me what you told the people when you were trying to get it pitched, except the last three sentences. Yeah, like, the, that's all you got to do. The last act of the movie should never be in the trailer. It never should be in the trailer. None of that should be in the trailer. You know, and like that's that. why a lot of times I always feel like a movie poster sometimes is like the best one. Like movie posters, like all I need to know. Like if, if you can't explain it on a movie poster properly, like that, that should be the, all the descriptions needed. Like uh, the movie, the lamb, like throughout most of it, it's hiding the fact that the, like the kid is like a lamb, like a half human, half lamb kid. But the trailer fucking shows that off like multiple times. Like why are like it's almost like you got screwed by your uh, publicity department or the people that make the fucking trailer. Yeah, God, and there, there was a time period where, like, I remember it was so bad because I think it was like it was like two Terminators ago, the one where John Connor ended up being like an evil John Connor in it, and it's like they showed that in the trailer, and I'm like, what are you doing? Like that <laughs> should that's a, that that change right there would have been so shocking if you didn't know it, you right. know? Or you know the the one that was almost like the the one of the worst ones was the Batman V Superman one, because it literally gave you act one, two, and three all in the trailer. Like there was, everything was spoiled for you. I mean, granted, like I, I still like the movie at the end of the day, once you get the extended cut and all that good stuff in there. But mm-hmm. that trailer was like, dude, what are It's like, no, like I, the whole time I was, I'm like, I hope there's just something that's just going to be the real surprise. And it's like, nope, they, they showed everything. Right. Like I remember, well, they might just say fuck it now because back in the day they uh or not that far back in the day like Last of Us two they um they released that and the trailer like tried its hardest to make you think that Joel was in more of the game but uh-huh. like they s- some fucking jerk off leaked the entire uh like or at least leaked that one plot point when it's like uh they put all the effort or um like. Avengers Infinity War had a trailer where Hulk was in it, but it, the actual movie has Hulkbuster and he never turns into the Hulk. Like they, they try their damn hardest to fucking make these movies not spoiled, but like 
fucking there's always someone who uh goes on oh goddamn 4chan or something like yeah. and tries to like i don't know for me like i would like to know like like uh but when someone is like a, a company is trying their hardest to not get something announced it's like well they you know that's their fucking business man not only is it their personal business but it's their that's their livelihood is making like entertainment for you you dick yeah you know and there's it's just there must always just be some disgruntled employee or something like that that just is what throws it off or there's just there's some people that like chaos no matter what oh yeah <laughs> or uh i guess people that just don't care at this point if um if someone goes on 4chan right now and is like they're saying uh earthbound or mother 3 is going to be on the uh switch online service it's like i've <laughs> don't do that don't give me hope <laughs> yeah exactly it's like one of those ones you know I, I, you know at some point but it's like the weird thing is too is with so many of those things it's like i know it's getting back to that nintendo thing but it's just like yeah you hold on to that for so long there's, there's gonna become a point where like you're the people that are gonna really want that are all gonna be dead <laughs> you know right. what i mean that's what i always think about like you know the t- your target audience only lasts for so long you know like <laughs> it's like all you the people you... waiting on the the blu-ray for song of the south <laughs> yeah right. they're, not, they're not getting it yet you know what i mean yeah. it's just one of those ones and then, yeah there's there's so many things like that and I, and i always kind of feel like i feel if a company's not going to release something that was already kind of released i feel like by that point it should just become public domain like if you're not going to do it you you, know, yeah. you shouldn't just be able to hold on to it like that if you already released it one place you know it's and you're not going to make it for something else no, no no by all means i feel like you know let let the people you know decide and have it but it just seems silly not to have that kind of going there but i mean there's still no word on um when when mother 4 had to change its name to oddity and take all the earthbound stuff out of it it like i swear to god they like right before covid they were like it'll come out when it's ready and then covid hit and it's fucking like 3 or 4 years later and we're still i think that game was announced like as a concept in like probably 2014 like 2013 well, it's amazing sometimes how long it takes certain guys to put games together. Like I always give credit. Like that's something that like, like the, the, especially those games where they're only made by like one or two or three people like that. Like that, that to me is like a very cool dedication. And I'm always like really impressed okay. by that kind of stuff. You know, it's just one of those ones like that. That's something that like the, the, the one I felt like I, as far as multimedia goes, I've done just about every avenue I could kind of think of in there. But like I've always sort of wanted to do make making games slash programming is like the two things that i felt like it was like the only thing i really didn't learn a ton about just a little bit but not nothing else to take home on it but sometimes i like every once in a while i go gosh you know just that being able to make a game with like one or two people like you know because there's so many games it's like it's like axiom verge like that game was fantastic made by like one Mm. guy and like a musician you know or even like the retro city rampage guy like i mean he worked on that thing for like 10 years I mean, it paid off for him. I mean, uh, yeah. sure he just sits around and collects the domain for Virtual City Rampage. And uh, did they make a sequel? Yeah, the the sequel is totally awesome. I I, I thought the sequel was amazing. Uh, I can't remember what the hell it's called, but I played the Living Daylights out of it on Switch when it came out. But um, 
but yeah, it's like that. Or it's like the, the guy who's making more money than anybody else on the planet for like, you know, in a sense, like the one game is the Stardew Valley guy. Holy crap. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I think uh, that game was made by like one one main guy with maybe a couple others like for small stuff. But like that, that right there, it's like one of those ones like that game just probably turns every day. You know, there's probably, you know, you know, $10,000 checks coming in. It is weird to think like because uh, – you know, Undertale, like, even bigger than Stardew Valley, I'd say, uh, like, the guy, like, he he made Deltarune, and then he made, like, Chapter 2, and he's just, like, slowly, and it took him a while to make Deltarune, but, like, when you look at Five Nights at Freddy's, dude pumped out games, like, I think the, the fucking second game came out, like, I don't know, of like like four months after the first one something ridiculous like that like like a crazy um, like short amount of time to just pump out a second game but i guess it's just like your confidence in uh your following for the game that you've made like even though five nights has a huge fan base it's hard to say that like um do you think it would have faded out if he didn't keep in touch with his fan base and continue making like, I don't know what are there, like 16 games now? Yeah, exactly. I think there's something to be said there. And it's probably the thing is, is that once you make that first one, you kind of, that, that's where you learn all the ropes and everything like that. I think you're like, okay, well, I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like, it took me a long time to figure out how to make all that stuff. Cause a lot of those guys, it's like, you'll, you'll hear them on the interviews and they'll talk and be like, yeah, I, I knew nothing about making games before I made that first game. Like I learned everything in that, like, you know, five to 10 year process that I spent on it, you know? And I always think that stuff's always kind of cool. And, you know, it's, it's motivational just in like, I just feel like storytelling doesn't matter where it comes from is always kind of like motivational when you hear that kind of stuff. It is nice to hear someone like, it, it almost sounds like luck that someone's first project was their, like their hit like mm-hmm. uh it's like uh i don't know it's like right place right time kind of thing or it's exactly like sometimes you just need to hit the market with what people want at the time that they want it you know yeah exactly well then there's other stories i mean this is old timey making games but like i think it's like john romero of doom he made like doom was like his 90th game or something like that Oh shit! Yeah. Well, now granted, you know, like you know, probably like the first fifty games he made, you know, they would have been those kind of games that you could kind of make in like a weekend, you know, little quick short right. ones, you know. So, I mean, that is a little bit different, but still, you know, it kind of goes like that's the other way around, where it's like it built all up to that, you know. Doom it was experience. a hit because you put all the time into it. Yeah. Yeah, it's like uh, it is good to just know, like, get feedback for what you make and have the feedback that you get not be from the entire internet or from a full release, but you want the feedback of like your peers and uh, people that work in a similar field. So you don't, my bad, I muted myself. I know. I saw that. Like he got so excited. He muted himself. Move my hand. I don't know what happened. Uh, (laughs) Plug came out, but uh, you know, you, you hear from people who know what they're talking about. Like, uh, it's not just, like, a bunch of, like, people that are, you know, keyboard warriors. Random. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it, you know, some things like the other interesting one, too, that 
the, the interesting avenue, it doesn't matter what you're kind of doing, but it's like, I always am interested on how someone kind of goes about their marketing because, you know, especially nowadays, everything's kind of changing. And, you know, I think more and more people are getting, there's less things that like, you know, people will pay certain money for compared to other things like that. It's almost like, like video, you know, back in the day, it used to be, you would sell a video. Well, you don't really sell a video anymore. Now a video, you, you mostly rely off either advertisements and other things to kind of get it going. You know, I think that's one of the nice things that does make a comic book kind of nice is people still like that are into comics still, you know, they like to buy a physical copy and things like that. But there's so many other places where things are falling into like even like, you know, like, what are you going to pay for? Are you going to pay for this or do you want to be like on a membership type program or something like that? Well, it's unfortunate because a lot of things now it's like everything is starting to become devalued as it is just everywhere. Like, the mm-hmm. more available something is, the less value it has. Like, when people, like, I get it now, but when people were mad about AI art, because it sounds like a slippery slope. It sounds like, um, like, why are we making AI material for things that humans like to do? Like, it'd be nice if AI was for things that we don't want to do. Or, uh, but the, the, the way that I first started getting it was when like i like the videos where joe rogan ai is arguing with uh ben shapiro ai about fucking ben 10 lore but like <laughs> or sonic the hedgehog <laughs> like oh, god i've seen some of those out. i laughed so hard <laughs> i fucking i think uh, my favorite one is uh the beach that makes you old if you haven't seen it it is i don't know uh, if i've seen that one but it, i'll have to check that out it's fucking hilarious uh but uh, my point they uh it it kind of like is rick and morty going to be voiced by ai now it's a legitimate question that the answer might be yes like if uh like the only problem is like i don't know or uh, or even um elon musk was on something he was like oh yeah check it out um uh, you can see right here that it uh, you, I can press this button and uh, I start sounding like Kermit the Frog and then the rest of the, the online conversation, it's like, now you can just press a button and sound like a cartoon character on Skype. It's like the, it, it's like dehumanizing for human interaction. Like, it's less authentic and that's it, that even traces back to the difference between online communication and in-person communication. It's like, you like, we can't have like it's not one to one. Even if it was video chat, you don't see the body language. Like our mm-hmm. um, our souls aren't in the same room, you know. You don't have that feeling that there's there of like right. all the little nuances that you kind of get, you know. And you know that's why I think it's like even with those things too. It's like there's there's a time and a place for anything. Like you know, like those AI things. It's like if you're just making funny comedy videos, like I like I think they work great. Where you just just to see what the computer puts together is almost very interesting in itself. You know, like that's kind of yeah. part of the joke. Is like what's the computer going to put together? You know, but yeah, there, there's other stuff like that. But I think at the same time, this still. Even with the AI, I know there's like some people that get such fear coming up from it because they fear anything that's futuristic and so on. But Mm -hmm. I think no matter what, people still always desire like that handcraftedness. Like that never really seems to fall out of favor. People are always way more impressed 
It's someone who builds a chair, a wooden chair with their bare hands. No matter how, no matter how far it gets in the future and how good a, like a robot can put that together and all that kind of stuff, like someone's always going to be impressed by like, oh man, you handcrafted put that together, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a, uh, but like as far as like I don't know, there's there's a lot of people that don't um, value like <clears throat> like things of that nature. I don't know how to explain it. It's kind of like the, hmm. Sorry, I'm trying to find the words. Um, Is it kind of like the equivalent of like um, when all like the corporate big box stores sort of started appearing and it kind of was knocking away the mom and pop stores and, you know, people just kind of said, hey, I'd rather just go to Walmart or Target because, hey, it's cheaper here, half the price, whatever. And, you know, before long, all those other stores just fell off the face of the earth. And it's really that one that I always feel like nowadays, like a mom and pop store this day and age is a novelty store. It is not a realistic business anymore. It is all based off novelty and novelty alone because they yeah. literally, the, the, the people made the decision and they said, no, I'll take the corporate you know store over the mom and pop Cause shop. Cause it's cheaper even like, yeah, it's, it's kind of nice to interact with someone and have it be a human interaction versus like some like either miserable adult or like, a teenager with less options is like i don't know like um uh i i've wanted to go to like the original mcdonald's like i was watching uh the the founder uh-huh. and i was like i wonder what that burger tastes like cuz you know it's not at all like the shit that we're eating now yeah like it it was uh like when mcdonald's was like three locations but it's like the more options that are out there, the least value, like having a recording of yourself and your family used to be a very like special thing, but it's like now everyone records fucking everything. Everyone takes pictures constantly. So now like uh, that's where the rise of these um, fucking hipsters with their, um, you know, their Polaroid repos, like those are more popular they're coming out more because it's like it feels like a significant thing like a like a physical item you know like it's not just like the billion fucking like photos you have on your phone it's like an actual thing that you can hold with your hands like it's like uh the difference between streaming and going to a video store have you been to the um there's a video stores in oregon you've been to those Mm, I've been to some video stores in Oregon. I can't say what specifically. Uh, let's see, Movie Madness. No, I don't know if I've been to that one. They got it's dope, but uh, like I didn't rent anything because you know I didn't live there, so I just bought a bunch of merch. But like, you walk around and they have a bunch of like film props. Like you could obviously tell that this was like. At least to me, I'd say that uh, they should get like a tax break because it's damn near like a religious experience. Like, well, is, and that's what I mean is like those places like that. They're they're running off novelty. That they're not necessarily running yeah. off like that. You know, you know what I mean. It's, it's like their purpose. And I'm wrong. It's like I love all that kind of stuff because this is all like what I'm into. But like, it is one of those ones. It's like 
nobody technically needs any of this stuff anymore. You know, you're only buying it because this is the cool, different way to kind of go about it. And it is true. I feel like those things that they they need to be put almost there, kind of like a variation of like a museum, like right. you know, kind of like in that kind of bracket. They're like, hey, no, 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 we need to keep this kind of stuff alive. It goes the same thing of like arcades or even things like bowling mm-hmm. alleys and amusement parks because I feel like the, the stuff like that's even left and right kind of falling off the face of the earth too. Bro, you got to go to Portland. Like, if you've ever been to, you you've been to Coin Up, like Sacramento. Yeah, I've been to that one. Booty cheeks, absolute ass. <laughs> like, like you go there, they're fucking their Mortal Kombat cabinet. Like the left one don't work, and the, the 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 stick won't go. Like it won't go left. I swear to God, the fucking the stick will not. So some moves you can't even do. So like, but if you go. To, there's this one in Oregon. I loved it. It was um across the. It was it was around same area, like seven minutes away from uh, Movie Madness. The place has Ninja Baseball Batman. Like, what the fuck? Like, I didn't even <laughs> know that a person could find that cabinet. Like, why are you? Why do you, they have like Rampage and Marvel vs. Capcom two that works? Like, oh God, I, I haven't nuts. seen a Marvel vs. Capcom two that works since literally Las Vegas. Because back mm-hmm. in the day, Las Vegas used to be like the glory center. Like when I was a kid, like in about the late 90s down there, it was so – you because you would just walk to any casino and every casino had a good arcade. Like it's it's like nobody could skimp out on that. Mm-hmm. It's – I mean it's kind of sad because like, um, like you're walking around this place and um, all the games run for one quarter, I'm pretty sure. And then you're just like – Fucking, like, I don't mean to sound like a crotchety old boomer, but like, you know, kids charge their phone and then they got hella game. You know, it's like all these, like, all these garbage ass, like, like brain stimulation games when it's like, um, having the focus of something be like, I don't know, like when the focus is all on one thing and you can interact with people in a room, it feels a hell of a lot different than like, like some sometimes I'll um, we'll put something on and then I'll talk to my friend like bro why are you like you're just cooling on your phone the whole time like why are you even here it's like we're like, it's like well the TV's on like you're watching the TV it's like yeah but you know we are interacting about the TV like we can watch something else but like it's it's like when your your focal point is on one thing versus just like it's like you can go on your phone at home and just like zonk out and just sit there and let it determine what will make you happy and give you a bunch of stimulation or you can like you can watch a movie and be bored like you know what I'm saying? like if you're bored mm-hmm. then congratulations you're living the fucking experience you're supposed to be bored like oh. you're, you're supposed to be bored at times you're supposed to like grow and do shit like you can't just always like oh I'm going to start playing fucking Injustice 2 on my phone. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that, uh, to me, it's like one of those ones I do always think that's like you, you're supposed to pull your phone out like when you're sitting in like a waiting room and you're by yourself. Like that's what it's for. Right. It's, it, it's, it's one of the greatest things ever to kind of – because before you used to just sit there and if you're lucky there was a magazine rack or something like that and that would be the, – they'd probably all kind of be nothing you cared about, but at least it would pass the time. But – like, that's one of the things that's so nice about that is the phone's great for, like, when you're by yourself and you need to kill time, perfect. But, like, 
if you're together with somebody else, it's almost like one of those ones, like, you got to, when you would see people like that, like they'd come over to hang out and then they're just on their phone. It's just like, well, you might as well just go home. I kind of hate to sort of say it, but we're not hanging out anymore, you know, or, right. you know, certain people like, you know, they bring, bring by like their girlfriend or something like that. And then they would just still be sitting there on their phone. And it's just like, you know, like, especially if you're watching a movie too, like if you're watching a movie, it's like, it's, you're either all in or not at all. I don't think there should, there's, there is no in between. And to get that true film experience, you can't have your phone there. That's, that's just wrong. Right. And it's like a, I remember there's, there's this story by my friend tried to show my other friend dumb and dumber. And, uh-huh. uh, cause he found out he'd never seen it. And then, uh, he goes on his phone the whole time and he's like, like, I swear to God, it's like, he goes, Hey, uh, oh, yo, this part's, this part's funny. And then he's like looking down he's like, oh, oh, the, the thing is happening. And then he goes, huh? Oh, yeah. and then looks back down. It's like, bro, you fucking like, you're not you watching that for a comedy. You're not here. You, you literally are not here. Like if you're doing that, like, and it's weird because like and a lot of times too like sometimes the people that are like they're on their phone their whole time it's like i kind of hate to say it but it's like you're not running your own biz or something like that what are you doing on there you you have nothing important you're probably doing i know you're not educating yourself and i know you're not doing your own business so you what are you seriously doing bro you're experiencing colors and sound of fucking nonsense it's just a bunch of like like um never get a tiktok girlfriend don't be dating those girls that do nothing but watch fucking TikTok or like oh. get all their information from TikTok. It's like, yeah, I, you know, that you're right about your fucking constant. <laughs> it's like, you just go to like, um, like the way things are right now, people can just go to I'm right.com and find whatever the fuck someone said that like su- supports their fucking idea. But before it was like, you actually had to, fucking think and remember shit mm-hmm. Which, oh, well, the, it, you know it's like it, it's great that you can look stuff up but like at the same time like the other right. thing too is like you, you know like you when you'd be driving somewhere with somebody and then you go hey i wonder what's over in there and then you start piecing it together because you're using your imagination to try mm-hmm. to figure out what it is even if it's not even correct what your imagination is actually saying is actually the more correct answer than whatever it actually is in there because you've used a creative thought. You didn't just look up what somebody else did, and it's almost like you didn't have to think whatsoever. It honestly feels like there's a war on the human experience. Like, the only thing that is left once your life is entirely dependent on just feel-good stimulation, ah, the only thing that's left is feeling shitty that is the most relatable thing now is uh feeling shitty is the like the last remaining thing of the human experience and the thing that makes a lot of people feel shitty is the moment uh their fucking like stimulation things aren't available like phone or fucking like i don't know just random shit yeah, I know there, there's a lot of experiences that are totally being missed out on and they're just not, a, you know, and it's even the thing too, is a lot of people too. It's like, yeah, it's weird. It's like, we have so much great stuff. Like realistically, we live in such a golden age. If you really do think about it, we have all kinds of like the, the selections of movies that you have just to be able to be able to search out and watch and like not have right. to worry too much about them and foreign movies and all this stuff that used to be next to impossible to find. You can pretty much easily access, you know, and then there's always somebody who's got to kind of bitch and complain about like, 
what's going on. It's like, sometimes it's like, I always like to stop and think and go, man, like when I was a kid and I saw somebody who had like a portable TV that had like, you know, it was like a three inch screen and it took like probably like eight double A batteries and it had mm-hmm. a 10 on it. I thought that was like the coolest thing ever. Like it was like, what? Right. That is, that is so mind blowing. Or I remember like on the Sega Game Gear, they made a little TV unit you could plug into it. That, that was just so cool. And it's like, now you think about like, like you got to still always think about like your phone. Like if your phone doesn't blow your mind every single time you pull it out, you got to stop and go, wait a second, wait a second. Always be respectful of the technology and how cool it is that be able to have all disabilities and stuff like that, you know, but then also be able to know when to have, you know, you got all this great stuff, but then when do you need just the old fashioned, you know, purely it's, it's like the conversation stuff is, I think that's so important. And I've been kind of saying it on the podcast recently because it was like in the last while, I just kind of got to this point in life where I was like, shit, I'm like, I'm just working on stuff. And it's like, I'm, I really don't see people or hang out with people like at all. Like, and it's weird working on something like pizza boys where you, you literally have drawn a it's book about, about a bunch that. of people hanging out together. And it's like, when was the last time you really saw somebody <laughs> like, let's be honest, right. like, not like, not, not like an interaction. Like you went to the grocery store and you talked to the person at the checkout counter. No, 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 that, that, that doesn't count. You know I mean? Like mm-hmm. full on serious, like hangouts. And it is that one. It's like, it's the weird thing too, is it's like the farther you get in time, there, there becomes sort of less of them because I mean, other people, I think kind of, they, they always say they're busy, but I think they're, it becomes sort of a la- more of a lazier excuse and so on like that sometimes. I mean, not saying that some of them aren't true, but, you know, and things start, people start moving away or, you know, going different places and they're not in the same things. And yeah, it's all of a sudden you get this point, you're like, whoa, 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 like I, I need to get some hangouts going. And that was kind of the thing. I was like, no, no, I got to make sure every week and I don't care what it is, if it's not in person, doing a podcast with somebody, even if I have to play video games online, you know, so be it. At least it's a, some form of a let's get together, hang out, chat and do all that good stuff. Right. I mean, it's it's better than nothing. Definitely. Yeah. You know, I I mean, I'll I'll take the real in-person one like that's even better. Like, hey, if there's a place to go meet up with and hang out like I'm all game for that, you know, but if not, I'll take the second best option. (sighs) Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, it is good to get yourself out there. I think. A, a a good comparison would be kind of like, um, like you know the part in, in Clerks where he's like, uh, like, uh, hold on, let me let me borrow your car. I gotta, I want to go to the video store. It's like you work in a video store. <laughs> I work in a shitty video store. I want to go to a good video store so I can get a good movie. Like uh-huh. that's that's honestly how I'd uh, that's how I'd compare it. Like as far as um, like. I don't know because it's it's there, but it's not like like uh, when when you're spoiled for choice, like you could literally talk to anyone at any time, like or do you could watch any movie, but like um, I think there, there's a study that's like uh, that results in decision fatigue, where it's like if you're given more than uh, twelve options your brain starts to just say, fuck it. And then grab whatever. Like, uh, that's why they have the candy bars at the end of the grocery stores. Cause odds are you've grabbed enough items. And then at the end, you're just like, uh, sure. Like, <laughs> cause the, the odds of a sure and no, and those are the two options. Those are pretty good options. If you are dealing with, you know, addictive substances like caffeine or sugar, 
It's like mm-hmm. those are pretty good odds as far as the the sales go. But like um like uh you you always got to stick with what you have. Like if if you're not bored, you're not creative. Like if you're never bored, then uh you don't have any room to create like blank paper like uh my nephew the other day was he was like he was looking at my uh ukulele and he was like uh, can i play that i was like and eh, yeah I don't. and then i was like you know like he wants to it, it, like expand he's six but like he has the you know he wants to expand beyond being a fucking ipad kid and I'm, am i gonna be the one who is too lazy to fucking like try and show him that there is more to the earth than just like stimming mm-hmm. like i don't know <laughs> well it, it's good you mentioned that boredom thing because that is very true is being bored that's where the lot of times creative ideas actually start to stem from is because it, it, yeah if life is filled with way too many things next thing you know you're you're on somebody else's roller coaster the whole time and you're not building your own in a sense but like when you're bored and you sometimes it's like there is something you said about just like sometimes just sitting there with nothing better to do and then all of a sudden ideas start to kind of come to you you know, your your brain starts now we're actually working on the creative part. In a sense, it's like your mind is trying to entertain you, and that's what you sort mm-hmm. of want. Right. It's like if and and now it kind of feels like um if you have an idea, then you can go online and figure out that it already fucking exists. Like uh that's the the problem with the internet. That's really the like a big problem is that uh fucking like someone's already done it and if you don't have like that part of your brain that just says like okay i'm going you you don't want to look up you don't want to look up like anything related to what you've already made because you don't want to go into the process of like oh i'm I'm gonna make it but not do that instead like you you want to have your own original ideas and then just just kind of hope that someone in Britain hasn't already made something called Dennis the Menace. Like <laughs> you just, you just hope, but like sometimes wacky things just, just happen. Like with the internet, like, you know, two people creating Dennis the Menace would have been like a, a like a, a war between like, uh, like plagiarism. But at the moment it was like, they had an ocean between them and like, how the hell did they know about each other? They didn't, you know? Yeah. And their, their but, comics came out like two days apart. Yeah. And, and like, I feel like that kind of stuff can happen all the time because I always say if one person has one idea, that means, you know, there's at least a good amount of people that have that same idea. You know, that's why a lot of times whenever they, they're, you know, you know, like they'll say that some like, they'll talk about like some like inventor or something like that. They go, Oh, if this person didn't invent this, you know, the, the how would the world be today? I'm like, well, somebody else would have had that idea just right around the other corner because Sometimes a lot of times is there's there's never just one person for the job, but this also kind of goes with ideas as well too. Is that just because somebody else has a similar idea to you, it's like realistically do do your story because your story is always going to be 
unique compared to theirs, you know, as long as you're not, as long as you're just writing truthfully, it's always going to have its own thing. You know, as long as you're not just like going like, oh, I'm just kind of ripping off this guy's story. Well, then that might be a little bit different if you're doing like the Chinese knockoff of it. But, mm-hmm. you know, for the most part, if you just do your own thing, even if it's similar to something else, or even if it's like, yeah, that genre has been done before. Well, it's not done the way that you chose to do it. That's how I always kind of look at it. It's like, hey, you, whatever you do is going to be its own unique, you know, entity. Right. It's like put your spin on it. Like um, even Star Wars was Star Wars and Indiana Jones was just uh like this cinematic version of the corny ass serials that a George Lucas was a big fan of. Yeah. Like, like, you know, Buck Rogers, you mm-hmm. know, and Flash Gordon. And then, yeah, it's like even the same thing of like, yeah, Indiana Jones, it's all those old school, like 1930s adventure type stories and so on like that. And I mean, it's like anything. It's like, you know, you take all the stuff that you like, you throw it together in a big pot, stir it around. And next thing you know, that's what becomes in a sense, the original idea. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it almost like when you when you get too nihilistic about it, you're just like shit. It's like it has there ever been an original idea or are we just like because n- everything is kind of just a play on something else which makes it a but I mean shit, even before there were stories, it was like like someone could just say, "Hey, you're copying the the you know what cats do rocks and fucking apples like you know concept is like nobody was mad that you told the story that consisted of things that already exist in nature mm-hmm. like uh, shit. to be able to write in a time when things didn't exist yet is like fucking mind-boggling to me yeah exactly well it's like those ones it's like when you think about all the sci-fi stories about space before anybody's ever went to space. That, that's what I think is always kind of cool. When you see those like 1800s sci-fi stories, like that's almost more yeah. impressive in my opinion, because it's like, yeah, the, the people have theories and research and it's not that there's not science out there. That's kind of like going like, Hey, if I had a guess, this is how it'd be done. But still the fact is that there, there's no hard evidence, I guess, of it actually working out yet. It's like the, um, you know, the scene from 2001 where he's like, running up the wall but it it looks like he's just like the gravity is like sucked onto the wall uh-huh like i don't just think that's just crazy ass visuals that like uh it's like um and then the the classic 70s tvs like now all of our tvs have fucking see-through glass but like at the moment they were all these like boxy like this, like the Star Trek screens or the like the Star Wars ones where it was all like radar and they all looked cheesy as fuck. It was awesome. Yeah, well, that, that to me is like when it comes to movies, and I've been like this my whole life. It took me a long time to even get used to sort of like CG, but I I, I will take a good practical effect in real life object over anything. Like that's why like almost movies like nowadays, it's like the only downfall is I still like a lot of movies now, but there's something just sort of lost when you just don't have all the real objects and just the even the goofy stuff you know right. like 
you know that that stuff I, I like i love just weird special effects that i know is tangible and real that to me can always outweigh anything that's you know like you know yeah i'm not saying that cg can't look good but at the end of the day i can always yeah. sort of tell that it's cg and it looks like the movie was shot like on like a, you know a high school you know stage for a play like have you seen um you've seen total recall right Oh, that's one of my favorite movies of all time. Fucking, if I watched look, it for the first oh, time. I guess it's over, it's over on this side. I have, I have my laser disc over there. Oh, shit. Yeah, I've got I was going to point out to you, but it's like, wait a second, the camera's not on. Why, why am I even pointing <laughs> this out? But, uh, but, I've got a decent laser disc collection, too. Oh, God. I, I love laser discs. I, like, I'm, I'm very nostalgic for that. I, I had one of those, when I was growing up, I had one of those rich friends that had like all the cool stuff like that. Like, I never had any of those things, but I kind of mm. realized that my parents sort of dropped me off at all those houses that had all the kind of stuff. So I felt like <laughs> that, that was the way that, like, oh, you can play with all the cool toys here. And they got the laser discs and, you know, the VHS collection and the big Sega Genesis and Sega CD and, yeah, all that stuff. I think I just like having laser discs because it's, uh, it's a conversation starter. It's like, n- n- now I can be like, hey, look, it looks like, it'll be like, oh my God, are those records? It's like, nah, they're movies. And like, you pull it out, it's like, yeah, it's a, it's like a DVD the size of a fucking pizza. Yeah. And it's like, but like, you know, like realistically at that time period, like that, that picture quality on it. So like, it was even better than a DVD, you mm-hmm. know? Um, <laughs> now, like, I honestly, I have a laser displayer, but I have not been able to get it hooked up to my, like, new ass TV and the connectors. I had connectors for it, but like, it, I had to fiddle fuck with them for like hours and then it started working or it was in black and white. Like, oh, the, I, yeah, that's because sometimes some of those newer TVs, because they have like signs of mixed match component composite thing, you got to sort of get that right. Or you just got to buy an HDMI converter, which that's generally kind of the better way to go if your TV that, that doesn't have the proper plugins. Yeah, I'm just having trouble figuring out which, uh, like, like I look up like Panasonic something something fucking LaserDisc like adapter, and then Google's like, we know everything else, fuck you. <laughs> yeah no, well I, I could show you some of the ones later on that i i've kind of picked up that i sort of use if i feel like hooking my stuff up to non-crt tvs okay, um, no. because i i got because I, I literally I, I have plugs that go all different directions i got plugs so i can like plug in both my component and composite stuff or s video into like the hdmi and then i also have things where it can upscale them which is kind of cool and then i have ones where it goes the other way around where i could take hdmi and put it back into my crt tvs onto their av cables <laughs> uh, i love talking about this shit around people that have no fucking idea what any of these words mean no especially crt tv anymore like nobody ever looks at you mm-hmm. like i'm like an old an old tube tv is that better <laughs> yeah like it's a fat fucking like for me the crt is like like the sound of the glass and like the feeling of like touching it like that's yeah you, can, you can't replicate that with these tvs you're not even supposed to like look at wrong like or else they'll fucking break <laughs> well, it's one of those of a CRT TV too. If you haven't turned one on in a long time, you forget how loud the thing is just by turning <laughs> on. It turns on, it just has this hiss and a hum. Yeah, the whole time, you know, and it's like, because it's like in, in my house, it's like I got, well, I have, I have, a, I have a lot of TVs because I just, I, I adopt TVs like lost children and pets, but. Um, <laughs> Like, uh, and I, the, the one is like, there's a, like, I really want like a 70 CRT TV again. Cause mine mm. like died out and 
I haven't had one for since then. And nowadays they're, they're so expensive. That's the thing. It's like you, those old CRT TVs. It's like, you look online, like on eBay, it's like $300. And you're like, Jesus, that thing used to be like $5 in a thrift store, like only like 10 years ago. <laughs> it's it's ironic. Like, uh, if anything, I'd say that the, if, if, if you're buying it online, then that just means that, uh, like they're charging the shipping. Cause those, those motherfuckers yeah, are heavy. The, yeah, I definitely understand that part. It's like it's they're just so hard to find. It's like I have I guess I, I have two CRT TVs left out of my whole collection. I got one that's a twenty six incher and then I got one that's like a little teeny like uh like ten inch like portable one that was like used for like a motor motorhome, which is pretty awesome. Um but it's like I really want though I want another because I used to have when I was a kid I had like a turn dial one that I'd had like my Sega Genesis hooked up to like from the seventies and you know and then I had my UHF antenna and everything. I have noticed that like when I'm looking at one of those and it's in a dark room it start it hurts your eyes like it's and when you're when you're around all these new ones with all the fucking options and like there's like eye saver mode or um, midnight settings that like make it kind of red tinted but like, yeah i don't know like I, I couldn't switch back i'm i'm too spoiled for uh <laughs> to go back to the old age of like tvs that hurt your eyes so you actually have to do anything else well it it, it is true the crt tv it like does but then there's like other weird things like if you're playing like a ps2 game it just looks better on a CRT TV. Even if you got the component cables, the upscaling and all that stuff, at the end of the day, it's kind of weird. Like, it, it just feels more right on the CRT TV, you know? It's not that it's bad. Like, I, I can get the set, because some people can't get the setup proper, like, on, like, an HD TV for older systems. Like, I can get it where it looks good, and it's, like, it pretty much is close, but there's just that little extra, maybe it's a nostalgic filter, but, like, at the end of the day, like, Certain systems, it's like the N64. Like the N64 generally has to be played on a CRT TV or else it looks funny. It just looks off. I think that's why a lot of people just don't like the N64 anymore is because they hook them up to like their 70-inch TV. And it's like, well, yeah, of course it's going to look like junk. It's made to be on like a 20-inch CRT TV that's smoothed out and everything. Yeah, I got one of those. Um, I have a little fucking double setup for my uh, N64. There's um, I got the HDMI hookup and then um, the, uh, what was it called? An EverDrive? You ever got one of those? I, I have one of those for my N64 as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, I uh, started playing, what is it, the um, Smash 64 Remix. Oh, where play. they had the other characters in there and everything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's uh, like uh, on like widescreen because like it's adapted for it. I feel like it, uh, it, it like melds together really well. Because, like, so there, there's a few... Because, like, 007 actually has a widescreen adapter in it, which I always kind of thought, like, who the hell has a widescreen TV in 1997? But, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just like, Jesus, like, who you had sit at the president's house? Like, come on. You know? Um, <laughs> fucking use on the projector. Yeah, exactly. You just, that, that's the only way I could imagine it. But, um, that no, the EverDrive for the N64, I feel like that's, like, one of the most must things to have because the 64 one just never seems to emulate good on anything. Like, you know, at the end of the day. And then the second thing is, like, without the controller, the 64 just never seems right. Mm, yeah, 100%. The Every game is, like, designed for it. And pulling trigger and then pressing bumper. I think um, on the Xbox version of Banjo, it's, like, bumper, bumper. And then you do the talent try. It's, like, it's not the same. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah, it's just a little bit off, you know. And even though like that that Xbox like remaster version is really cool, but yeah, it's like the control wise, it's like, and that's a lot of times it. Like a lot of times, like you know, having the right controller in your hand for like whatever system and game you're playing, that a lot of times makes such a big difference, you know. Like, and that's almost like the nostalgic like thing. It's like it's realistically, it's not the console, it's not the cartridges, it's not any of that. It's what the controller you have in your hand makes such a big difference. Yeah. Yeah, especially uh, like at least like with Xbox or fucking any system that comes after that era, it's like it's all it's pretty much all the same. It's like four face buttons, D pad, two sticks. Uh, I don't care who the fuck you are. It's it's pause and select. Like I don't believe in this. Like like I remember options. Uh, yeah, options. <laughs> they start, I, 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 I kind of hate. It's like, dude, like we've called it start and select like for the last forty years, pretty much. Like, don't think you're gonna. There's that I, one I, asshole who's like, "Oh, do you mean the options button?" Is like, you fucking cucks. It's yeah, the left like, one. <laughs> it's yeah, the fucking... yeah. There's always that guy. It's like, it's like, no, no. It's like, dude. It's like, no, no, no. Like, there's always someone who has to get cute and think that they can name it differently. And like, yeah, I, I get it. Like, let's be honest. Options makes more sense, but that needed to make more sense in like 1983. Not now. <laughs> it's like, too late. <laughs> for me, uh, like I think Xbox has it right with their descriptions of the the bumpers and triggers because you know what that is. Like you don't have to like oh because for me it's like if you ask me like so it's L one R two like I don't fucking know which one so the two is the trigger like I don't you know it's it's a lot easier if you say that if you describe it as a trigger because it pulls like a fucking trigger versus like the bumper where you're not gonna mistake each for the other you know like, yeah no it's, it's a great description yeah no I definitely get that I mean like sometimes I still always refer to it as just L one and L two because that's just like what it was for so long before like that section right. Kind of came together, you know, because it wasn't until like the 360 till they started kind of calling them all that. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's like it's like yeah, some of those ones is like they are logical, but like yeah, it's like they always got to just get kind of they just feel like that's just like sometimes just there's certain things don't change it up. It's like okay, we 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 got it dialed in, you know. Like uh, I remember playing Minecraft with my friends on like a like a four split screen in the living room and. uh they were like, I was like trying to figure out the thing, and you, you don't know like the half of hearing a room full of people go, oh, hey, oh, when you press the fucking share button because you thought it was the select button. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't have a PS4 at the moment, so I was like, how do I open the motherfucker? Okay, this one, no. And they're like, oh, it's like I don't uh circles, I don't fucking know. God, yeah, that, that sh- the share button's always such an annoying one. I know it sounds like the most old man like complaining feature, but that that button always gets in the way of like every progress you're trying to do. Fucking Xbox record that, you know? Yeah, it's, it's like, like no, don't take no, stop recording. Like don't don't record me doing something stupid. Like I don't think that the the share and record feature is as useful as they want you to fucking think that it's useful. Like uh, I remember, like I, I had a friend. He would just play fucking Red Dead or Hitman all fucking day. And sometimes I'd be like, oh shit. Like he, he'd be playing and I wasn't looking at the moment and he'd like um he'd like hold down a button and then he'd be able to like go back like a couple minutes. I'm like, okay, that that is cool. But when you're in like 
I don't know, if it was a whole fucking button and you could accidentally press it, it's annoying as shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it, I would rather just have that thing where, like, it's always sort of doing, like, a background recording of, like, 10 minutes, and then it just sort of slowly deletes that 10 minutes as it records new stuff, and if you want to keep it, you just stop right there. That makes more logical sense. Yeah, it's... <laughs> uh, God. But, yeah, gaming but, is, yeah. Gaming is coming weird. Yeah, it is. It's weird. It's weird and it's great all at this weird same time, I feel like. There's there's so many things I like about it. There's so many strange things about it. As I said, I love any I, I mean I, I love the mix match of my nostalgic stuff, but I also look very forward to new things all at the same time too, you know. I mean, like, there's always something fun to keep up with. There was never really like I know it's always been an industry, like it's never been like always for art and the things that are for art are like games like celeste or um fucking binding of isaac or any games mostly but like if your game is fucking you want your game to make money you pretty much can't have a game that's that story and once you're done with it you're done with it you gotta have like season passes and like online capabilities to keep people's attention because fucking you know cyberpunk once the game was over and people were done bitching about it it was gone like <laughs> and then it's like what then they updated it. it's like what am i gonna play it again and then hope that like the glitches aren't there anymore no yeah yeah the, 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 that time that's already passed yeah that, that's the thing is like it, it's a weird one too because i mean you can almost sum it up in in very old-fashioned words there's generally two types of kind of games and game players out there there's people that play in a sense arcade style which is what most of that stuff kind of is like you know they want short bursts that don't last longer than maybe an hour and it kind of cycles like the gameplay over and over and over again you're mm-hmm. shooting for a top score top kill whatever you know, and then there's the adventure gamer who's, you know, the person who wants, say, you know, a story and they want, you know, longevity and they want an adventure and they want places to go and things to do. And it's most likely going to be a single player romp, not saying that it can't be co-op or something like that, but that's what they're sort of going for, you know. And I feel like sometimes it's like they have a hard time catering to the two different audiences. Yeah, and it's, I mean, I know that... uh Last of Us is putting out a multiplayer soon uh, for part two, which is like an update. It'll be like a battle royale mode, but like uh, it'll be kind of like the the multiplayer they had for part one. Yeah, it's kind of like the stealthy style. Yeah, it's just uh, I remember that the criticism that I had for it was like you could either like be new to the game and get steamrolled or you can be good at the game and everyone sucks and you're you just fucking kill everyone really quick yeah yeah it makes you either feel like you're too good or you're not good enough there's no in between like it's a it's a weird comparison but if you've ever played plants versus zombies multiplayer like for the xbox then it's it's like that you you either start off strong and then win or you are the other guy and you fucking lose really hard. <laughs> and that's how I always feel like there's so many like sometimes online experiences can be too. It's like um it's like uh like I like to play fighting games online. Like if there's one competitive game that I like a lot is fighting games. You know, and you know, there's certain ones I'm definitely better at than others. It's like 
that's like that's always like how street fighter is it's like sometimes you kind of go on there and it goes like where's it's like sometimes you kind of go where is just like the average players it feels like everybody in here is like top tier list like there's no there's nobody like in like the just the middle class like yeah i play street fighter on like the weekends like no no no. it's like street fighter and nothing else i never was able to get farther than like the the not the bronze but like the silver class i was like as far up as i ever got on street fighter (laughs) five Which was still pretty impressive, I guess I would say, but there was just a certain point where it's like, I, I just can't uh, uh, go any farther up, I guess. Right, and if you want to keep your viewer base amused, I guess, then uh, like doing things in a very certain way, like in order to have a Fortnite on your hands, like and have a you know billion players and do all this kinds of shit, like the... Uh, like multiverses really fell off. Like they were trying their best to keep that going, but people buying skins wasn't enough for them to like stay invested. Yeah. I don't know. I I always feel like some of those games just like, you just like, it's, it's weird that you don't see it where like you almost do the thing where it's like, okay, here you make the engine once in the game sort of on like say you know whatever said system is out at the time like we'll just say ps5 xbox series x at the moment and then it's like you do the thing where it's like okay let's just we'll use like halo as an example like so here's halo and then you just keep stacking on like in a sense instead of doing like more like halo games it's like just keep adding to the game where it's like the campaign just here's another like five hours of campaign and we'll just keep updating that every single like six months or something like that here's you know a continual like multiplayer maps and it's just the same game I guess the only downfall is that the same game would get up to like half a, you know, terabyte big at some point, but because you'd have so many on there, but yeah, it's a, it's weird. It's, it's a weird state of uh, games where like, there's a, there's a rumor going around that uh, games are going to start having ads in them. Like, and that just sounds like ass. Like I watch my uh, nephews play the the free iPad games, and like it's like every few rounds there's a fuck or every like between every like playing of the game there's a fucking like two or three ads. I'm like, how do you like you have? There's an Xbox. There's a PlayStation Five in the living room. Play that. Yeah. Like well, the- interact or something. Well, see, and, and I'm at that point in life where it's like, if there's, if I can pay five dollars or whatever a month to get rid of any ads that I have to see, I will do it. Like, I, I don't care. It's like I don't want to see those ads, like at all. And I mean, there there is some like once you see absolutely no ads, sometimes you are you do actually feel like you're kind of out of the loop on certain things. But I feel <laughs> for the overall thing, it's like, no, no, like let's just. Uh, I don't want those. I remember at Street Fighter Five was it, that that game used to have like they would play an ad between when the match like. uh was loading or whatever and like you could turn it off but they would, they would do the thing where like well we'll give you fight points for it i'm like i don't care do not <laughs> don't you dare put an ad between the game i paid for right it's if like it's free i i get it like if it's free like i feel like there's nothing you can kind of say or do it's like dude you're getting it for free like be fucking grateful but it's, it's like almost disrespectful to have a fucking ad on a game that is free or a game that is you know you paid for like um yeah in street fighter six like I'm honestly pretty hyped for, but if uh, I remember Street Fighter Five, they they had like some promotion. Uh, I'll just say with like brisk iced tea or some shit, and they were like, uh, "Fucking 
they they took the 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 American flag off of um Guile's yeah, arm. Yeah. And then they put like a logo on it. I can't remember what it fucking was. It was like some well, game and that's thing. what too. It's like you just took down America. Like that you had some patriotic right there. It's like well, I mean, for Guile, it's like that's his fucking like that arm tattoo is like a huge part of Guile, you know? Yeah, it's been like, there forever and so on like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's and I get it, like these ad companies like, you know, before you used to always have TV and newspapers and all kinds of places to put your ads in and magazines and all these things are disappearing, so like they gotta find these new avenues to put ads in. I, I kinda get it, but like yeah. If I feel like we're at this point, I was like, no, no, we, we got to just get these ads out of here. Like, I just, no, if, if I have the money, just go away. That, that's what you want, right? Here's, here's some money. Keep that away from me. Right. You know? I mean, it's just, I remember uh, I was watching this YouTuber the other day, and he was uh, talking about something, and then he said, uh, that, that's almost as good as this ad, and then nothing happened. And then he was like, all right, if you got ad block on, fuck you. And I'm like, oh, I'm watching this on my computer. <laughs> <laughs> caught my ass real fucking hard and then i put in the comments like hey i like your videos make a um what do you call the fucking things where they uh you could pay for you just pay your youtubers like five bucks a month or something what is it like a patreon type thing yeah like you know make a patreon like i will pay for it i think your shit is good and i want to see more yeah uh, like you know what i mean like the, the, it's fine those avenues and so on and i know that like realistically there's only like three ways in life to generally get paid it's either you have ads you have donations or mm-hmm. you have um you sell merchandise of some kind you know and then that's kind of about it you know i mean granted there's always something else out there that's kind of creative but those are like the three core ways that like you make money one way or the other yeah i'm trying to think of another one i can't really uh I'm on the spot. I can't think of it. No, yeah. If you think about that, that's pretty much how everybody sort of makes money. It's either it's merchandise, donations, or, you know, it's um, uh, ads. Like, that's that's like, the especially for, like, the internet, that's pretty much all the ways. So I said, yeah, I just said that there's probably, probably would be some really other random way, but, you know, for the most part, it, it fits all in those same categories. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, I don't know. You sell... Yeah, currency for goods, donations. Um, yeah, know, selling currency—that's kind of a variation of like, yeah. I guess that would be that. That would be the other one. But is yeah, if somebody like invested in you, but then they would hope to get money out of you as time went on. Right. So, so you, or, you'd be like a stock. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, my my thought would be like you in like in, in investing in fucking real estate or something outside of the thing that you're like creating or uh and then yeah donations would be like because uh, i was thinking of pbs where they would just like uh like it was government like, you get funded. those moments when you're when you're watching like a like a concert and they're like okay now you know i know you're loving the concert right now but if we just donate the five dollars you're gonna get the cd you're gonna get all the good stuff that comes <laughs> along with it you're helping out a good you're like jesus christ just get back to the concert it's like the middle of the concert. The guy's like, um, you know, uh, I like this vibe. I like the uh, the concert energy. Everyone's running around. You know, this reminds me of Raid Shadow Legends. Uh, it's a great app game. Uh, you can up you can upgrade your guy. Uh, I don't know. I actually have no fucking idea what you do with Raid Shadow Legends. I'm not gonna lie. 
but I just because I, I skip it every single time. It's like yeah, it's skipping. Well, it's like yeah, it's like it's like it's like I've, I've had like the YouTube Premium for like the longest time, and it's like I feel like I don't use like any of the features on there. I just want the no ads. I know it's got like the music thing that's like literally just as good as Spotify, and I feel bad because I pay for Spotify and the technically the YouTube one, so I just got way more music than I ever need, but. Right. They're just yeah. not having ads, though. It's like when I see other people's YouTubes and they got ads on there, I'm like, dude, like, like I just almost want to be like, what are you cheap? Like, I mean, I know, <laughs> it, like I know it's broken like the, here. It's like 12 bucks. I know it's not the cheapest thing out of all things, but at the same time, it's 12 bucks to like, you know how much time you save in the month? I remember I calculated it one time. I was just like, because like, you know, you watch like one video and it's like they give you like four ads like every single time. You're like, geez, that adds up fast. Adds up so fast. If you watch a movie on there, yeah. God forbid how many ads you're going to get. Yeah, I guess there is the movie. Sometimes it just, like, I swear to God, it was on my TV or my Switch or whatever the fuck, and I put on Secret NM, and it didn't give me any ads. Like, it wasn't my computer where it just it just decided to not give me ads. Like, for yeah, the You know what movie. that might have been? It's because that might have been somebody uploaded it from um, their own page, and they might have ads turned off. Oh, no, it was, it was the, like, official – I clicked on it and it said, like, watch with ads. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I'm fine with that. And then it happened, and then it was, like, just the movie. Like, huh. it just forgot to give me ads. It was, like uh, – or w- YouTube for a little bit, like, it just didn't work with Adblock, and then Adblock updated once, and then now you can go on there on your PC and watch a fucking whole movie with Adblock, and it'll just – not have ads that's pretty cool i i know it's like some people i said like why don't you just get the ad block i'm like yeah but then i don't have that on everything i used it on like i want right. just you know that's great if i'm watching my pc but like most of the time youtube i use it like I, I use youtube generally to watch old movies that you can't find anywhere else and some you know good person out there uploads it on the youtube like that's that's like my main thing i use youtube for more than anything else is it's the place you can find stuff where you're like oh, i can't find this movie from 1972 oh wait somebody uploaded on youtube it's perfect <laughs> i think yeah it's just movies that people don't give a shit about like um yeah the the, entirety... like, there's just not enough money to be chasing around like taking these people down the entirety of the first Transformers movie, the animated one, is on YouTube for free. It just it just is. Like <laughs> I watched it and I was like, okay, this is great. I'm having a great time. It it's just here. Yeah, that's perfect. I mean, I, I got that that well, that's one of those ones. That movie's so good. I got it on Blu-ray mm-hmm. and and DVD and all that good stuff. And yeah, this one of those ones. But yeah, it's like there's so much like random ass stuff, especially like animes, like old animes that you can't find anywhere. Like they don't mm-hmm. even come on Crunchyroll or anything like that because they're like from the 70s or 80s or something like that. Like there's always somebody, some good Samaritan has uploaded that copy onto YouTube. Like God bless those people, I guess. <laughs> I think YouTube is where I first watched The Room. And that was that was nice. Yeah. Like, someone was uh nice enough to risk their account like yeah. uh like spanish subtitles all right well, good. well that, that, that's that's some the other thing that does happen you think you found something really good and you're like awesome and it's all in french with no american subtitles okay yeah it's like the Dang. the whole fucking movie is uh <laughs> the guy i found that for real steel 
like a while back. Yeah, because every once in a while you get it's like, oh, the guy from Europe has uploaded it, but no, it doesn't. And then you, you don't you don't dare try to have the the Google AI try to translate it for you for its subtitles because that a lot of times those words just don't come out right. <sighs> it's just huh. <clears throat> it's almost funny. It's like a whole different experience. Like a and then like with that, I didn't even realize that it was in Spanish until like I think like five minutes in because the whole introduction of real steel is just a bunch of like people walking around and then visual like knowledge of things that happen. And then a uh, few fucking Hugh Jackman picks up the phone, goes, uh, uh, start speaking Spanish into my well, ear. I'm like, Oh, fuck me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's all gone. And, and that, that's it. Boom there. But yeah, no, that, that that see that that is the upside of nowadays is that you can once again find just random ass stuff that you would you would be on the hunt for forever. I mean, it's kind of a bummer not having the actual hunt because the actual hunt going to stores and looking for stuff is was so much fun, you know. Or even just the old school days of like like early days eBay when bidding was still like a thing, that was always fun back in like the day. And you'd have the the bidding wars and sniping hadn't been invented yet and. You know, it was just straight up, just like adrenaline rush buying experience. Yeah, I mean, like, I almost feel like I missed out. Like, uh, I'm too young to, like, I think the last, the blockbuster in my area closed when I was like, I don't know. I can't even remember. I was probably like 10. Mm -hmm. So, and uh, walking around and like, just buying the like DVDs they were just selling for low ass prices. I wasn't even appreciating it. I was just like, eh, whatever here. Like I barely remember that. Like I only went once because I was a child and I didn't have the opportunity to go whenever. Yeah. And you didn't have like, you know, the disposable income or any of that stuff at that time period. See, and the downfall is like, it's like, you know, you missed out on that, but then there's the pre era, like the before blockbuster started showing up. That's the one that I like when I was a kid, like there used to be like just in my area, there was like 11 different places you could go to like rent movies from and or buy them. Mm -hmm. And it was like, so you had choices galore of these mom and pop shops. And of course, once Blockbuster comes, all of those places go away and you have no choices except for the one, you know, and that was always the biggest bummer is like, God, it was the same. The GameStop would do the same thing, too, is like you would have like all these cool mom and pop game shops and, you know, they'd all have different deals and different ways and different selections. Then GameStop shows up with its like bland selection and the, you know, you go to trade a game like, you know, the, the old rule of thumb used to be when you trade something in is that the company would give you pretty much half of whatever they were going to sell it for. So if you trade a game in and they were going to sell it for 30 bucks, they would give you $15 reasonable amount. Everybody sort of wins. And then it's like GameStop came in like, uh, it's in mint condition. We'll give you two 99 for it. It's like, but you're going to sell it for 50 bucks. Be like, yeah, where where else are you going to go? You know what I mean? And then, you know, the other thing too, is that like, it used to be see GameStop like broke all the rules. And that's what always makes me kind of angry about that place is that like, they, they, they have like no honor or, you know what I mean? They're, they're just like, let's be honest, a dirty corporate company. But, Mm -hmm. um, it used to be also too. That's like, you know, if you had a game, you know, if the game was in mint condition, it was, it would be a different price 
than anything else. And then it's like, mm-hmm. if it's missing the booklet, the price goes down significantly. If it's missing the case, it's almost goes down more than half of what it should be, you know, like but yeah. GameStop will sell you like a disc that's scratched, you know, for like literally like the same price as like a mint condition copy. And the worst part too, is then other game stores start adopting that. And like, it's like one of those ones, like, yeah, you'll go to places and you'd be like, dude, this, this thing is like all beat up and jacked up. Like I can literally go on eBay and actually buy a good copy of it for like cheaper than this it's like and then like because before that there were options of stores but now the option is independent seller online or big ass game company so yeah like you're you're spoiled for choice and you always know the actual value of what you're purchasing like uh, I don't know if you've ever been in like a like a small game store, and then you look online, you're like, ah, this shit is obviously cheaper online, but like, I'm here mostly to support a business. If anything, it's the it's the gimmick, mm-hmm. you like, it's the gimmick aspect of it. Well, and it's like one of those ones. If I like a store and I feel like they're doing right and they're not they're not trying to like in a sense scam because even some of those like somewhat mom and pop shops can even pull some of those scams where you're like, dude, this game looks like it's practically destroyed and you're selling it for the price of a, like a like new. It's like, it just sounds mm-hmm. weird. I just, I remember as a kid, somehow, some way there was like this like sheet that came in with like a set of like, probably like baseball cards or something like that. But it felt like it told me all the rules of how like, you know, you know, collecting was supposed to be. And it had the descriptions of like, you know, acceptable to good, great, like new and all that kind of stuff in there. It had the full on description. And I feel like, like this sheet right here needs to be passed out to everybody who's going to resell anything because I do not think that people follow that. I mean, I, I even see it on, on online as well too. I mean, eBay is mostly pretty good because I think nobody wants to screw up their accounts by like trying to jack someone off. But mm-hmm. you know, like Amazon used to be like when they used to have sellers on Amazon, cause they don't really have that anymore. Um, it used to be like you, cause you know, you just see it and people would just put the most generic thing and be like, Oh, like new. And then you would get it. And I mean, I have got some things before that were like in the acceptable category and they were like, like new, but then I've also got the other way around where you're like, yeah, the disc is in good condition, but the case looks like it was soaked in water. Like what the hell? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it is a uh, weird experience buying from randoms online that just are trying to sell their crap versus uh like like uh Chris at the um local Sackhammers Expo he started getting his like you know people went to him and the other uh booths started phasing out because his stuff was always clean like and his value was also there. He he didn't just throw stuff out. He had it organized. It was like in its own sections and people saw the value in that and now give him money, you know? Yep. And that that's the thing is there's like, there's, yeah, there's like, you, you got to kind of have that personal kind of like feeling of going towards like knowing what these objects are and what they're worth and you can't just look at online to see what the most expensive one is and think that they're all going to be worth that no 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 there there literally is a grading of like the collection there and that, that's something that bothers me that's like that's the other thing too is if you're going to resell something put a little bit of time in to clean stuff up because you can take something that's kind of like a little bit funky you know you get in there and you clean it up a little bit you get it dialed in and uh you can literally raise the grade of something 
by taking the proper care of it. And it's like, you're a business mm-hmm. that this should be part of your job is making sure these things, it's not for the consumer to buy it and then clean it up. And if that, that is like, it's gotta be cheaper. Right. Like, uh, like, uh, uh, sometimes I'd find people online who are like, yeah, you can clean your Nintendo, like your NES carts with, uh, a magic eraser, it'll get anything off, but it'll also take away the little bit of texture and people will start to notice if they are like a hardcore collector. So you got to use like this special, I think I saw he used like alcohol and a Q-tip to get like Sharpie off or some, some sort of uh, compound to like get Sharpie marker off of, because people would write their names and sometimes if they yeah, were like, f- fucking psychos. <laughs> if they were... me, that, that was that was always if i saw someone's name on a cartridge i'm like like i hate to sort of say it but that's just you just put yourself in the special ed category when you do that fucking hell right <laughs> god it's just like steven my name. it's like oh jesus really come on have you ever seen a branded game like branded they, like, they no they they melt their name into the fucking cartridge Oh like, gosh, uh, I don't know if I've ever seen that. I've seen them carve it in there like an animal, like in jail. Fucking, <laughs> <laughs> I've seen um, I've seen plenty of uh, blockbuster used to do that in video stores, but um, a lot of uh, like I, I've seen some first names on cartridges before like that, and I'm just like, holy shit, you do not know what you're doing when you melt your name into a fucking little Samson cartridge. High side is 2020, but fuck. Yeah. Well, I I just got a lot of pet peeves when it comes to stuff. It's like the same thing with businesses putting like the stickers that leave the sticky residue on there. It's like, Oh my God. Or the worst one too, is when you put a sticker on top of like the label. So God forbid, when you go to peel it off, it might take, it might tear it off. I'm like, I, I just feel like this is this should be common sense. Like, obviously, I know that, like, we're in America, so anybody can start a business, and it's not like it takes anything. But there's these are some of those things you see, and it's like, well, obviously, this shows that we need to have tests because <laughs> the average person can't handle this. Or, like, the one of the worst ones, too, is when some uh, video game stores would do this where they'd put, like, the sticker on, like, the CD label. And that's fine for certain systems like a PlayStation or something like, you know, for, like for rental ones. But like if you go to put those like in like a Wii or any of those ones where the disc slides in, like it jacks it all up. And then like sometimes it'll never play or it'll be really hard to get back out. It's like, were you that afraid of someone like opening your box and swapping the prices or whatever the fuck you were afraid of? That's like because sometimes they put it on the paper instead of the like the plastic where you can take it off and wash it. And like, like, uh, I think I have like a copy of Star Fox adventures. That's like that where like the, the price, cause it looks, oh, you they know, put it on the inside, like, yeah, they like put they, it on they, the paper on instead of the, the, the fucking case to where like, at least with the case, you can like scrub the shit out of it. But if you tear away the paper, from like the, the you know the thin layer of print from the paper that shit's not coming back on that's just yeah gone that's what i th- i almost yeah. want to say gamestop used to do that they used to put because they would put like three stickers on the thing god this was on the size one thing always like the more i always think about gamestop the more i always how much i dislike that place but it's like they, they just they, they do all like the evil dirty tactics that like i mean granted i guess that's how you win and kill off a bunch of other people's businesses and livelihoods but 
you know, right. at the end of the day, it's like the day that GameStop goes down, I'll be so happy. I'll be like, yes, you take that. It was almost the same way I sort of felt about Blockbuster because I know people have a lot of nostalgia for Blockbuster. And granted, like when it was the last thing left in life, it was like, okay, yeah, I mean, I'm glad, I'd rather have this than nothing. But once it died, right. I was like, no, it got the death it deserved. Like they, it literally think about how many like families Blockbuster like destroyed their livelihood of when it came out. Like there were so many lost businesses because of that one place that I was like, no, they got exactly what they deserve. And it's the same thing that GameStop will get once they finally die out. It's like, no, <laughs> you know what I mean? They, they destroyed so many other places. They, they deserve a traitor's death. Fucking. I remember they uh they first like there was a point where there there's a GameStop up the street from me in like two different directions that were the same time and then the mall and then like that was three GameStops within like a fucking mile radius and they're they're not even different from each other it's not like you can go to each GameStop and like hey there's something different here no they like have the exact same thing just silly yeah um you know <laughs> how long do you usually uh cap off your uh podcast at Th- this this is actually generally longer than uh normally goes sometimes it just kind of happens like when you talk to somebody for generally like i guess like the first time as like on a podcast sense and then you just kind of go on forever a lot of times i always say that eh, the nice length is about give or take an hour and a half to two hours we're definitely breached that we're like the joe joe rogan length of this one going here but Sometimes it just kind of happens when you're talking. So I think this is probably a good place to wrap it up with. You know what? Screw games up and screw Blockbuster. <laughs> right. Exactly. Fucking. They are. Uh, it's I mean, if anything, um, you know, I don't believe in Walmart. Fuck Walmart. But their switch games are uh, 10 bucks cheaper than anywhere else. So if you have a problem with Breath of the Wild being 70 fucking dollars for no reason, you should go to Walmart where it will be 60 and you could pretend like the world's fucking normal again. You know, and I'll say this too. You go to Walmart, nobody ever hassles you there about making a pre-order or any of that stuff. They just get the game for you and they take you to the register. It's simple and easy. Like I was, that's the only thing I'll say about that is like, cause that's what I started. I was like, yeah, it's just easier to go there sometimes. I mean, I, the Walmart was like, you know, the evil of the evil corporations. But when it comes to that, when, when you're when you're dealing with corporation versus corporation, let's be honest, like it, it, there, there is no hero out of any of those. But yeah. Um, but yeah, good stuff beyond that, whatever, independent, creating arts, writing stuff. I know that like we're on here talking that we go on tangents of all kinds of fun stuff, but um, I'm I'm digging the idea of doing this again. Like, uh, but this yeah, has been a lot of fun. We, yeah, we had good, fun stuff, all kinds of avenues to go and all that stuff. Well, Griffin, if people want to keep up on your work and your writing and all that good stuff, is there a good place that they can find you at? Well, <laughs> at the moment, no, actually. Um, I just deleted my Instagram. Uh, but um, if you'll have me on again or um, maybe after this, I'll uh, I'll give you a link and they can find that in the description or uh, whatever version of uh this that uh your viewers are listening to this on mm-hmm. uh yeah they'll they'll be able to find a link to my information in the description perfect yeah I'll, I'll whip something in the description and that'll make it easy and so on like that 
Um, beyond all that fun stuff, you can always find all of my stuff with all the old podcasts, Pizza Boys comics, old animations, videos, and so on at oldmanorange.com. Until then, I'm Spencer Scott Holmes with super special guest, Griffinson. And we will see you guys later. Later.